Gentlemen, start your engines. This is going to be a mighty emotional occasion for a lot of people, not the least of whom is myself. In a race to remember. But this is absolutely gobsmacking. He hasn't even hit the brake yet. It's gone crazy at the top of the hill. What an off-the-scale car race. G'day, I'm Dan Hollihan. Welcome to my motorsports podcast, On the Couch with Hawley. Brought to you by Sweet Black, creating success with people. Today on the podcast, we have Novocastrian racer Luke King. Luke raced for the Audi Performance Centre and finished runner-up to his teammate Chaz Mostert in the 2021 TCR Series. King has raced everything from GTs to Formula Fords and everything in between. Luke, just like myself, is a passionate Canterbury Bulldog supporter and we both love our footy as much as our motorsports, so I really hope you enjoy this chat on the podcast as much as I did. Kingy and I go way back, so let's not waste any more time and let's get into it. Is it lights out and away we go? Are we started? Yeah. yeah we're recording, we have so started. Off you go, Crofty. All right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Hopefully this is all on record so we can just start like this. Nice. <laughs> um, so Luke, welcome to the podcast. Dude, I actually said that oh, with my producer Holly that we were going to start around three and you said two and guess where the close, closest time is to? Sorry, guys. <laughs> so the life of a racing driver trying to wheel and deal on the fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you actually got to tell me about that. So what's actually happened the last two days? You, you're obviously at the, the Central Coast Sports Award. Yep. Um, what happened there last night? Yep, so we were uh, nominated for the Central Coast Sports Person of the Year, um, and I actually nominated my dad for Coach of the Year. Yep. So he didn't exactly fit into that category, but that was probably the only one, like motorsports a bit left to field. So, But I wanted him to be recognised. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we came down from Brisbane yesterday, um, went to the awards night. We had Nicola McDermott, um, who's from the coast. She's a silver medalist from the high jump. Most people probably were watching that in COVID lockdown. (laughs) Uh, Matt Graham, Moguls Graham, um, Mm -hmm. he's from the coast as well. He's again, silver medalist in the Winter Olympics. So it was a pretty big spread of, uh, of different athletes. Molly Picklum from surfing, if you know yeah. surfing at yeah. all. So uh, just good to be in that room and good to be nominated with them. Unfortunately, Dad and I missed out. Yeah. Nicola and her coach took out both of the awards that we were nominated for. But yeah. when you're up against an Olympic medalist, it's pretty hard. We'll say in all fair that it was a bit like a, like a horse race. You're competing against like Olympians. You yeah. Know? You're an Aussie race car yeah, driver. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you're kind of like the, the chip in and you might get there and you just, just missed. Yeah, yeah, I I think like on merit where like I look at it, the best racing driver to come out of the Central Coast is Mark Scaife. Yeah. There hasn't really been anyone to come from the coast since then Mm. and and we're really trying to push that because we've got, you know, like I'm a been a coasty. I originally grew up in Windsor, McGrath's Hill. Yep. Um, moved to the coast when I was seven, so I've probably got more coasts in in my blood. Yeah. Um, and so we want to be those people that represent the coast and put it on the map. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, hopefully we can be the next yeah. Scafey, but at a WTCR level. Yeah. I actually didn't know before, like when we were trying to line up the episode, that you'd actually moved to Brisbane. When did that all actually happen? Because well, I was talking to you during lockdown, you were clearly still in the Central Coast. Yeah. So what, what, what happened there? Why did you and your girlfriend decide to move up to Brisbane? Um, I just think lockdown had its challenges for everyone and it was really hard for Liz, obviously, because all of her family are based up in Brisbane. So mm. like most people who had, 
um, families in different states, it was just really difficult to, to see them. And, you know, usually if she was missing them, she could just fly up really mm. quick and say hello for the weekend. But that wasn't possible through COVID. So I kind of went out of, you know, full-time work and transferred to full-time racing maybe four years ago or something. So I mainly work from home now and do a bit of driver coaching and stuff. So I'm not tied to the garage and the workshop like I was with dad yeah. and, and to a workplace. So Liz was sort of like, can we go? And so I said, yep, sure. Um, she's the boss anyway, yeah. so she gets to decide. So <laughs> she, she helps. There, there was no negotiation in it. We were going. Yes. So um, <laughs> she's there looking at me at the moment. We yeah, but it's it's good for for both of us. It's a good sea change. It's good for her to be back near her best mates and her family. And you know, I've got Paul Morris who supports me up at Norwell. QR's not far away. Lakeside. So there's yeah. plenty of opportunities. Up Is there here, what up what's there. the scenery around for like obviously because I'm a Sydney boy. What's the scenery around the Queensland racing scene? Do they all just hang? around Queensland Raceway and just cut laps every day? Like, what's the whole state racing scene, the um, supercars and whatnot? Good good question. Um, the XLs are huge mm. up there. Um, here, I think Pulsars probably trump XLs in, in New South. But, yeah, XL scene up there is big. I think every Tuesday or Wednesday, mm. Paul Morris runs an XL tuning day. Yep. So, literally, I think if you own an XL, it might even be free – Sorry, Paul, if it's mm. not like it's it's a small cost to go out to Norwell for yeah. maybe four or five hours of an afternoon. Mm. Belt laps around Norwell with another ten or twelve drivers who want to rock up and do the same with their cars. Yeah. Um Norwell's a big part of the community up there mm. and like they do a lot of driver training stuff with the police and learner drivers. So um Don't they have Aboriginals and like girls come in as well as separate groups? Yeah, they have the uh I think it's called Racing Together, mm. um, where they have an indigenous team where there's mechanics, there's drivers, there's like crew chiefs and it's part funded by Norwell, part I think it's part funded by a government grant as well to mm. try and help um, introduce like or give opportunity to Indigenous people to come into motorsport. So yeah. pretty cool. Um, one of the those kids that works in that Excel team actually designed the car that Anton raced up at... Um, at Darwin, when it, when Penske really? had the yeah. Indigenous livery, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, so yeah, that's a really cool program. So they're doing a lot of good stuff up there, and um, Paul's backed me with all of my TCR stuff and being mm. a, a good mentor on that side of it. So um, it'd be good to be closer to that crew. Mm. Before you're doing the car racing, the motor like mechanicing stuff, what were you doing as a job before you get into like the whole racing career? What was what was that for you? Um, yeah, so I. I was always in metal and engineering and I really wanted to be a fabricator growing up. Like I wanted to build cars. Mm. Um, one of dad's best mates, Johnny Gray, uh, used to build for HRT and FPR and is still a very well-renowned um, fabricator in Sydney. Mm. And I sort of wanted to go down that route. So in school I did metal and fab and was really good at it. I built an enclosed go-kart trailer. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, that was my major project. <laughs> got a band six and nine. How old were you then? Uh, 16, 17. Really? Fine. Yeah. So that was good. 90% of those kids wouldn't have built a go-kart trailer back then. Well, we had, a re we had a really good class. My mate Jimmy built uh, like a chopper that yeah. was not like a motorised one, but like a full custom push bike chopper. Yeah. Um, and our, our metal teacher, Richo, used to let us like stay back to like seven o'clock at night. We'd be like, welding and stuff like in the middle of the school grounds and wow. like, he was he pushed us really hard to have really good grades there was only like five of us there in like a pretty big school doing mm. metal and uh yeah we all got well most i think all of us got band sixes and we're all in the paper for 
like for oh, the yeah. theory side and for the for the fab side as well. So, so that was good. Um, and then I I went and did a year in Europe, which is like a whole different yeah. story. Uh, worked on a super yacht for a year. Yeah, um, not for car racing, just for a super. Just just for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How and did that come about? So that was through. So my father. Mm. Um, we're going very off track here. Oh, it's all right. We'll go back. It's I was, I, I'm, a, I'm a fitter and turner by trade, so <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll cover that off. But um. But yeah, I went, um, so it was dad's contact. So yep. he worked for John Goss um, through many different eras of motorsport. Um, mm. He originally worked for Pete Malloy doing the Ford factory engine program for Moffat and all of those big Ford teams back in the 70s. Mm. So like your XY GTs through the XCs and XDs. Yeah. Um, and obviously knew John really well. Mm. John Goss's brother yep. is a very accomplished sailor and has built up his career in that industry and went to Europe at a pretty young age yep. and ended up getting an opportunity to sail on a yacht and skipper a yacht named Attics, um, which Alan Bond used to own yep. in Australia. Yeah, right. Then it was bought by a big bank and the, the owners of that bank are based in Spain, so we mm. call him Senor. <laughs> and Paul has worked for Senor for the last 30 30 years on Attics, rebuilt the boat. Yep. Um, and so when the boat was here in Sydney, I did some work experience on it when I was 16. Dad rebuilt all the engines on the, on the boat. Mm. Um, and Paul, we were out to dinner one night down at the rocks with all the crew and Andrew, the South African engineer, like, you know, giving Paul a nudge saying, hey, in his South African accent, I'm not going to do one. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was like, hey, Paul, you should, like, get Luke when he's 18. Yeah. And Paul was like, yeah, Luke, do you want to come and work on Attics when you finish high school? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and it turned out that they were in, in Spain by the time I'd finished high school. So yeah, You are a pretty shy kid, though, weren't you? So I was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting coming out of – I was coming out of my shell in the back end of high school. Yeah. And then – living in Valencia and being yeah. with a crew of Kiwis who are like had 10 years on me in the middle of their like peak party life. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of grew up quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I grew up real quick. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, we're, we're talking a bit about like the karting days and obviously you built the co-kart trailer. Yep. Um, we actually raced at the same go-kart club. I was, that was my second go-kart club, yep. Newcastle. Yep. We have a close like mate of ours, well, for me, it was Josh Scott. Yeah, he was actually racing. Was he racing with you as a teammate back yes, then? Yes, you there remember his surname. Oh, Good. Mate. Yes, I, I was have wondering to do my who study that somehow. was. Nice. <laughs> I'm so glad he he drew Newcastle Kart Circuit in the gravel for me when I was like, I must have been only 12 when we first started. Yeah. Um, and we were like, to be honest, we like we bought the bare basics of carts. Yeah. And like Josh was like just really genuine and yeah. just wanted wanted to help. Um, and that was when I was really shy too. Mm. So, um, yeah, he was, he was really good. I don't yeah. know what's happened to him now. He, did he ever run Formula Ford? Yeah, he did. Remember, I don't know if you were there, but he actually brought his Formula Ford to Newcastle Kart Club once. And really? It was all orange. Yeah, it was all orange. It was a Spectrum. And I think one of the guys who was a part of Newcastle Kart Club owned it. Or like there was a part owner in Newcastle Kart. Oh, and he go. got him started in his car racing career. Oh, wow. So he did it similar to you, but it went, you guys went two different paths. Yeah, very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Did, where did he go? After Formula Ford. Hey, Not Josh, to. by the way. <laughs> Hopefully he watches this one. Yeah, He's watched yeah. a few of them. Yeah. Well, you said he's your mate, so yeah. he should be watching it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he did Formula Renault. Um, I do want to get him on this podcast to know a bit about him. But, nice. yeah, he did Formula Renault. Um, obviously, as you know, car racing's hard, and yeah. you guys are both from, like, the Central Coast, Newcastle way, so it's yeah. hard to get money. 
and his career just died down. And I think he's just settled down for a family and whatnot. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, yeah Josh right. is a huge, huge fan of the show after yeah. a few people have mentioned his name. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you started your karting career. Yeah. Um, and Josh had obviously drawn that go-kart, the circuit in the, in the dirt yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. But was that when you were racing the AX6 arrow kart? Yeah. At the start? Senior chassis. Yeah. Senior chassis as a junior. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, I, I was extremely thankful just to have a go-kart, to be honest. Like, mm. the... F- a lot of people know me for the sponsor hustle these mm. days and that started at being instilled in me from my Uncle Vic mm. back then who was a very successful business owner and still is of Great Divide Tours. Yeah. Um, and he was our first sponsor. So mum and dad, as a 12-year-old, helped me to write a proposal. I did a livery for the cart. Like mm. it was... So you started when you were 12? Yeah. Oh, same as me. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, 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 so you started yeah. at the same time and we yeah. probably didn't meet at the right time. No, I don't think we did, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it wasn't until you and I touched base again back in Formula Ford and you knew... I knew who you You were. knew who I was. Yeah. But I think because karting kind of didn't, like, jade me or anything, but I just... It wasn't really my scene. Yeah, same So, <laughs> yeah. I kind of... Yeah, I don't know. I just... Not that I forgot about people, but I just, like, it was... The next time I saw you probably would have been six or seven years later. Yeah, and we would have been so different to when we seen each other. Well, at the I, track. I remember the, the reason I remember hearing about you is because I was doing stars of karting, mm. and then Galvo had said, "Oh, hey, there's this Luke King guy coming yeah. in here, and he's going to choose between carts and cars." And that's what I heard, and I was like, "Oh, I remember oh really? Luke. Yeah." And then you were you were racing at the go kart club. You obviously still a bit shy then. Yeah, yeah. Never crossed paths, and we yeah. were obviously very racy back yeah, then. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go, far out. Yeah. See, I I don't ever think that people are talking about me, so I've got no idea. Yeah. <laughs> You've done, but the thing is, like, which is why I wanted to bring you on the podcast you've done some cool shit around racing like a lot of these people relate to the, the racing content which is you've got yeah. plenty of yeah. but you've actually done I guess through your girlfriend helping you out you've actually had a bit of radio like experience too so how did that thing come with Steve Allen and Liz yeah. and did that all help happen all at once or was that or was that just like randomly like an opportunity that they yeah. gave you to promote yourself yeah that was I think it's all just that progression of the self-promotion because we need to because we rely so much on the sponsorship side of things we have to self-promote so like the more media we can get the more friends we have in media the better Mm. uh and i suppose yeah me starting to host on sen track came through my relationship with steve-o yeah who as you know is announcer at anz and master of ceremonies he's got the best best sounding voice oh mate he cracked (laughs) us up last night on stage (laughs) he's such a funny dude too and a really good mate like very genuine guy um and super like the only bloke that knows everything about every sport. Yeah. You know, like I come on the show and I do like a motorsport thing or whatever, but then I listen to the rest of his show yeah. and he'll cut across to like lawn bowls and it's like the lawn bowl championships and he knows like who is it, what their scores <laughs> are and stuff. And he's not like a stats nerd. Yeah. Like, but he just... He, he knows. He must watch sport. sport all the time. <laughs> like his full time job is just watching like everything that's on Fox. Yeah, Stay administrator. He's just him to watch sport. Four screens going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, how did the how did the relationship with Michael Butner come about? That's just an odd one for me because I've got a relationship with him as yep. a kid. Where my dad, I told you this on the phone before yeah. we organised the podcast. Yeah. Is Michael Butner had actually? I was a Bears supporter. I wore the I wear Bears shirt yesterday on the podcast. <laughs> he he. My dad invited me as a, like a as a as a birthday gift. Oh, hey, I've got a footy player because you're big into football. Yeah. 
and his mate through work knew Mick Butner, and that's how I know of Mick Butner, but I don't actually know him, but yeah. you actually know him. So mate, I can give you a straight-up intro. <laughs> Just come up to the coast and have a drink. Yeah? <laughs> um, yeah, no, so Butes and Steve Allen ran the sports show on, um, like, CFM and Triple M up on the coast. Yep. Butes is, I think he's a coastie. That's, mm. that's why he's there. So, um, so yeah, like it just came about because I would come and guest on that sports show before it got cut mm. um, and just got to, to know him. And, yeah, Butes is the same, like has always given us the time of day, good advice from the sports side. He's already earmarked his spot as like the party organiser for when we get to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> so he's mentioned it like four times on the radio show. So yeah. he's coming with us when we go and he's just going to line up everything after the, the race meets for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Butes um, was always hosting with Steve. So that was how we got to know Butes. And then yeah. you'd just be, because we're getting involved in community events and bring taking cars to promo days for um, like local partners on the coast and stuff, mm. he was always around. So he's actually almost busted the steering wheel off my simulator at a really a race event <laughs> that we did. It was a charity event, and I the few years in a row there, I used to pack up my sim and take it to the to yeah. the event. And I'd get people on trying to do like a bit of a Top Gear leaderboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's Butes, actually really cool. That's a good idea. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it works really well. We do that with our track days as well. We bring the sim and put it in the pit garage. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Buttes gets on and he's like all all muscle and like NRL. So, yeah, yeah and he's like manhandling the wheel <laughs> and you know what sims are like. You, yeah. you can't exactly. I was, just, I was at Jack's arm yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's Buttes as well. Like the bloke's doing like a thousand burpees a day still <laughs> keeping fit. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, no, that's that's how we know Buttes. Uh, I've got to ask, because um, I was like a massive supporter, even though you weren't racing in Phillip Island. How was that Phillip Island co-hosting? Like, tell me about that. How did that all come about? Because you were supposedly maybe meant to race later on, or you still yeah. probably are. But how did that all come with TCR? Yeah, so um, that just came through, I suppose, us meeting the guys at Super Cheap um, up at Bathurst. Mm. And when I did the radio promo for them, mm. I actually was singing the current promo yeah. and the old school one because I've watched so much supercars in my day that I just remember the yeah. old Super Cheap you love like, the nostalgia. jingle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I think it's you get the lot for less and yeah. then now it's everything order much, much more yeah. or now it's make it super. So Oh, see, I preferred the one, the third one, the, yeah. the oldest. Yeah, the oldest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. <laughs> yeah. So I was singing that on the radio and those guys just really enjoyed it. And then because I knew I wasn't racing, I'd already offered to TCR to do some co-hosting or to try and get involved to help mm. the category. Um, and so, yeah, like it just worked out for me to go down and do a bit of ambassador work for Super Cheap. And I really saw an opportunity because I was missing out on the first round at Tassie. Mm. Um, I thought I would have liked to have seen more social on the Friday mm. to understand, like, because you know how Formula One, like, we're so spoiled with F1 and oh, supercars. Yeah. There's so much content for those two. You see everything, right? Yeah. And so I'm sitting there at Tassie wondering what the hell is going on on the Friday and all I've got is Natsoft live timing. Yeah. And so I thought, well, if I'm not running, like... I know all the privateers and even the big teams need help to, you know, promote their sponsors and stuff. So I thought I'm just going to offer my services to get in front of the mic. Yeah. keeps my face out there. It's good for the category to kind of do a debrief of P1 and P2. Yeah. And I sort of wanted to 
do it like a bit of a Ted's notebook. Yeah. Because I think that style is cool, like a Martin yeah, Brundle yeah, grid yeah, walk yeah. where you're just like rocking into a garage and I you're was like, hey, mate, what's going on? <laughs> so like the Wally one was cool when we walked into the transporter and he's like folding up his setup books and you got <laughs> Fabian and that and Zach in the background. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just a good opportunity to do something for the category. Mm. I know all the privateers really appreciated it because um, I made sure to get some sponsor plugs in for, for their guys. Yeah. And like when we get back into TCR, mm. those people are our competitors. Yeah. But we need good competition. Mm. We need sponsors. Even if they're not sponsoring me, we need sponsors in the sport to grow it. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so people are quite protective over sponsorship, as they all should be. Yeah. But I think if you've got a good core group of, of people in a category where everyone can help each other and mm. trust, um, yeah, I think it, it works out for everyone. So yeah. we'll go we'll go back to where we were. We've gone way way off topic. Have, We've yeah, sped yeah. through sped through yeah. a lot of your career here, but we'll go way off. Um, what with your karting career? Yeah. Do you remember like much of it? And do you remember like did you have any rivalries or anyone that you looked up to though on the track? Like I know you had a few friends. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Josh. I followed Josh for a bit there where I where I could. Social mm. obviously wasn't as big back then, but you yeah. heard about results and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I think um, who else was there? You with Precision? Were you with Precision Motorsport? At, at yeah. The yep. Doug. Doug used to help us um, quite a bit. Mm. Um, it'd be Ben. Ben Mannix and those guys were like the club. Heroes yeah. type thing. Um, Matty Harrison was was really good. Um, Steely not at Barnes was he around there when? Who was that? Steely. No, he obviously no, wasn't. For years. No, he wasn't. Oh, so no. you've gone to cars by then? Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan uh, Nathan, Nathan Taylor, Taylor, who runs yeah. Cartworks now. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was always really good and up there. So that's what I love about Newcastle on the coast, though. Everyone's so loyal to each other. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, like, yeah, it's just yeah. a different headspace. Yeah, it's no, so it was chill. good. Yeah, yeah. Like those <laughs> those few mates that I mentioned, Zach. I, I race against Zach Caben as well. Yeah, you know Zach. Yeah, yeah Zach yeah. Caben. Yeah, he loves yeah. he loves a chat. He froths it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he loves a Facebook post too. Oh yeah, I know. He doesn't he doesn't keep it simple. He he, never like, does. he yeah, has to yeah. keep it all the facts and everything. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. What does he like? Home and away or something like that, doesn't he? <sighs> Mate, Home oh, and away neighbours or... If, it, if it's not a motorsport post, I'm not paying attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you've got to tell me though about um, your dad, because your dad and your granddad, you've yeah. got to tell me about both of them, because they were a huge influence on your career. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. So um, you mean granddad from my dad's side? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, granddad... Flew aviation, World War II, um, flew DC-3s for anyone who's a, um, an aero mm. man um, and was a builder. So he he was really impressed with like what I was doing, like with fabrication and stuff back in school and they yeah. were helping to kind of fund doing that little build that I did. Mm. Um, and, yeah, obviously BJ, like most, most people fondly know him as BJ. Yeah. Middle name is Bradley James <laughs> for no other reason. We're not like that in the King family. Um, but uh, but yeah, Dad and I've—he's like my best mate. Yeah, you know, like I've spent—I've been so lucky that I've spent more time with my dad probably than any other kid on the face of the earth. I think. Mm. Um, so he um, he, as I said before, did his time working for Pete Malloy, mm. which then transferred into 
you know, being stationed with Alan Moffat at a yeah. Bathurst or John Goss. Um, Dad put the 1977-12 engines together. So Dad was, like, sussing out really? what, what valve springs were the and best match part. across the heads. He's still um, like that, though. Doesn't, he, he, help, he, is, doesn't yeah. he help – didn't he help Guido with um, his Formula 1 cars yeah, as well? Yeah, he still does. Yeah, he still yeah. does. So Dad and Rodney build the engines for those Formula 1 cars. Yep. Um, so Dad's very heavily involved in the development work that they do behind the scenes down at Superior Automotive. Mm. So, um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, like, he's – so experienced with the engine side of things that mm. I don't think I would have ever got as far as I did without dad and having those contacts. Like it's fine to say that we weren't from money, mm. the, the amount of experience that dad brought to the table and, and connections the contacts that he had yep. enabled us to be thrifty <coughs> with, with things. And although it takes time to do it, do it yourself and it's a hard grind doing it in your own back workshop, um, that's what we did for years. And yeah. if we, if we hadn't have, if I hadn't, you know, if my dad was going out to the pub every night or like, you know, going and having a punt on the horses, like mm. we wouldn't have got anywhere. You but wouldn't have the same relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and he was just so committed to it as well. And yeah, we've just really enjoyed it. You, you were pretty together. stoked though when you won the Colin Bond award, cause your dad had worked with Colin Bond, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was actually, it was a big mo moment for our family. Like, yeah. and the, the previous winners of that award was Brad, Brad Shields, um, yeah. Harry Bates. It's a New South Wales based award mm. and that's why Bond, it's named after Bondi cause mm. he's from New South. Um, but yeah, dad worked with Colin obviously in that 77 one, two, mm. um, a few other projects, but mainly across the Caltech Sierra program. Mm. So dad was building the, the big Sierra motors back then that they were charging up to like 50 pound a boost for a qualifying lap <laughs> and just like blowing a motor. Um, <laughs> typical old school racing back then. Yeah. Though. Yeah. <laughs> almost like time attacking yeah. quality. <laughs> like that's our lunch motor. Like, They're keen out there, by the way, they've yeah. been practicing and testing and everything. Yeah. Bart's yeah. left me for dead, by the way. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's my driver coach. I'm sure he has. As, He's focused. Yeah, as soon as time attack comes across, <laughs> I'm forgotten about it's for about done. a week. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. <laughs> well, he needs all the focus in that thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Flat yeah. through turn oh, one at like 300Ks or something. Yeah, you might have seen on my Instagram post, like, we've got a good relationship though. Like, people are like, isn't that weird how Bart has to do one thing and then go to you the next week? But yeah. we've known each other for so long. I saw your karting photo with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he used to come to the go-kart track with me and help prep my kart. So there now I've go. got that connection with him. Like, he'll just do his own thing and come back to me when he's nice. ready. We'll just go and punch it. That's good. Result. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So you were telling me about your, 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 um, your grandfather. He was a, was he into rugby league or he, he played? Yeah. So that's par on mum and dad's side. Yeah. Um, so he played first grade for the Jets and Norths back in like the 50s and 60s. Yep. So that was um, Kenny Irvine days. Yeah. Kenny Irvine was like, yeah. Were you more into league growing up as a kid or football? Like uh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or... I was, I've definitely always been a racing kid mm. um, ever since I – like my first memory is a matchbox car in the high chair, like yeah. for sure. And it was probably a Colin Bond Sierra as well yeah. uh, that Dad <laughs> brought home. Um, it was a model that actually had suspension on it and stuff. Man. It was pretty dope. <laughs> um, but, yeah, rugby league definitely as a young kid because my pa was so big in, in that scene. And, um, yeah, he was part of the reason – that um, we used to get involved with Norths and we used to go down to the white picket fence, the, yeah. the old So you'd ground. go to North Sydney Oval? Yeah, yeah, we used were to be up in the tree were, were watching a, the Bears. Were you a Bears fan before the Bulldogs? Um, Par tried, because I was a daddy's boy because of the motorsport stuff. Yeah. 
I and Dad grew up in Punchbowl in Bankstown. Yeah. He was dogs and Pa was bears. So yeah. it was kind of like whenever I saw Pa, I was like, go the bears. And then <laughs> when I'd like be with Dad, I'd be like, bulldogs for life. Um, so, so yeah, it was kind of a split. But as I, as I got older, it was more Grant that went, like my younger yeah. brother went for the bears and I ended up on, on the doggies side. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Grant's a huge Doggies fan now and follows it closer than what I do. Yeah. Um, but he was pretty devo when the Bears went went under. With yeah. They're Doggies. still trying to get back now, though. I hope they do. Yeah. They, they deserve to be back there, and they're such a nostalgic club as yeah. well. Like one of the, like a really good history. Yeah. Like one of the longest standing, you know. know. Like, kind of reminds you of like Leichhardt over North Sydney Bears, you know, in the North, yeah. North Sydney Bears over. I actually was watching, I don't know if you've ever seen it, I was watching a Netflix doco um, for the second time called Sunderland Till I Die. And no, I haven't, I haven't watched that. It's about a Premier League team that just gets relegated and, yeah. like, it's about the whole town and there's like it's a really good story. Mm. But I was thinking about that and I'm like, why can't we have, like, a Premier League and then, like, a lower league that still gets televised, yeah. like a Champions League, like, because you could have Norths and the Jets and whatever. Mm. Be bad for us because we finished wooden spooners, so we'd be yeah. relegated. <laughs> but it would give like the Jets and oh, don't get me started on the Bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Glory days of 04, oh. long, long. I tell you what, us. that team's the only thing that gives me hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> Too much information. Uh, They're such a stressful team to follow. There, they they get they get most of their backline like correct and their forwards, and it's just the halves that struggle. Like we got Burton now. I know. Oh, mate, it is. So so frustrating. Do you do you remember that era of Joshy Reynolds and Hodgie? Yeah. When they played for the Dogs, I, I feel like we were getting our, our shit together in the halves there. Yeah. They were the only halves that stepped into Rep New South Wales in that period of yeah. Queensland, and we won. Yeah. And then they came back and we, we won still, the series. Yeah. And then they came back and, like, whatever. I don't think that it was right for the doggies. But then Reynolds and Hodgie never got put back in the New South Wales side, and then we went for, like, four years without. I think they were burnt out by the time Origin had finished, and that's why we didn't win Probably. the grand final. Yeah. I was Yeah, fuming, that though. sucked. I, I actually got turned turned off the dogs a bit when they when they let Josh Reynolds go. Same here, actually. Yeah. Oh, dude, he was such a club loyalist, such a passionate dude. Yeah. And like when he would score a try, if you were at the ground, it was like everyone yeah. scored that try. It didn't even have a painting in like that in the area. Yeah. For him as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah he was he was cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think I've just been frustrated with NRL over the last. Yeah. few years even watching origin like liz can attest to my level of fr like frustration the wick is so short watching rugby league <laughs> now like when a call doesn't get made that's right yeah i'm like i just want to throw the tv off the off the <laughs> cabinet i'm like this is bullshit <laughs> I, I i can't watch the bulldogs dude I it's hard it's like i i've because of all those years of frustration it's gotten yeah. to the point where you're probably like me where you can't watch them anymore because yeah. you yeah. just know that they're gonna lose totally most agree. Time. i i always for whatever reason i don't know if it's like the culture of the club or like the, the staff behind the scenes but i never i for whatever reason no matter what the team i feel like the kicking game of the dogs is just nowhere no like they never put it up when there's an opportunity to just go high. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I can't talk now because I honestly haven't watched too much of it in the last 12 months. But, mm. like, hoping Adakar and those guys bring yeah. bring more people into the team and, yeah. We just need one or two changes and we're good to go. Fingers yeah. crossed, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think we can make the eight then. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> it'd be nice. Because we're up in Brisbane now. I reckon I'll fly Grant up, my brother, to do Magic Round. Yep. Um, go to Suncorp and see Steve Allen. 
Yeah. Oh, does he do both ANZ and? Yeah, because he's a rep of the NRL. I think he'll do some of the games at Suncorp. Mm. Um, so yeah, it should be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So with it, with after your karting career, was it first? Did you go with um? Ellery Motorsport with the Duratec in the Formula Ford, or was it, or did you do something before that? I yeah, can't really I, I did. Yeah, I did. We did it on our own because mm. um, that's yeah. We really wanted to do it that way to learn about the car. Um, mm. So we bought Richie Stanaway's ex Miguel. Yep. After doing a Minda development day, um, yep. Greg Woodrow on that. All Woody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good to meet Woody. He's good on the hustle side for sponsorship too. Like oh, I yeah. learned a lot yeah. off Woody. Um, gave he's me, a salesman and a half that Yeah one. he is Absolutely <laughs> He's the one that gave me The tip off to that book By Guy Edwards Called Sponsorship And the World of Motorsport yeah, Did he actually give you That book to read? Uh, he gave Yes he, he had it in his office But yeah. like It was the bible Like wouldn't let it go Out of the office <laughs> yeah, right. And I, I found a second hand copy Which came from the UK Which had like underlines And like highlighter On each page Really? Uh, and I paid $400 for that On Amazon Wow <laughs> So I, I reckon would, I'll I, get double I thought, that. I thought Woodrow would have like got the book out of his little drawer for you and it would have been like, you know, the big gold thing shining yeah. out. Here, <laughs> the aura. Here you go, yeah. Yeah, here you go yeah. Luke, borrow that for a bit yeah. and come back. But he left it and he made you buy another book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. He, he was like, this is mine. Like it's And fair enough too. Yeah. Like I would never lend mine out. I'd like take a photo of a page and I, I have done that for some people mm. who have got in touch with me about sponsorship on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Um, because it's valuable. Like, there's a lot of lessons to learn. I, I learned more from the case studies and learning how he put deals together. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, we did Formula Four the first year on our own, mm. and unfortunately, we launched an engine um, because we just hadn't bled the system properly after we'd had the side pods off. Yeah, and they like we didn't realize that there was a bleed mm. nipple further up above the the head on the back side of near where the fuel tank is. Didn't you become friends with one of the good Miguel mechanics whose mechanic flew like yeah. onwards to through, yeah. through 86 days and Absolutely, like yeah. So we, because we launched that engine, mm. we'd only just bought the car. Yeah. And I think I had six months out because I literally, I had to work and do overtime to pay for the engine yeah. rebuild. Isn't it 10 grand or whatnot for an engine it rebuild? It was, yeah. yeah, yeah, at the time. And it was, that was frustrating to see the kids that we'd been practicing against still running. And then I was going to work every day to kind of build up some savings to pay for, for this. And I'm paying off the loan of the Formula Ford as well. Yeah. Um, were you so on Avon's back then before the Yokohama days? Yeah, correct. they were such a good time. Yeah, they they were good fun. Yeah, <laughs> the two lap drop off. <laughs> <laughs> they were fast for two laps, so that's yeah, what exactly. Yeah, and then they plateaued. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Glenn Glenn Dolman has been a huge part of our whole motorsport journey. Sorry, yeah, I just took out your mic right. then. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got in touch. We first met Glenn on that Minda day that we went to uh, when we ran. Um, in Jack LeBrock's car with Woody. Yep. So that was our intro day, and Glenn was working for Bruin Beasley at that mm. point. Um, and How's we just Bruin Bre- Beasley because he's he's a massive influence on a lot of people's. Yeah, career. yeah, he's running M Tech. He's still down at Winton. Mm. Uh, he's got a couple of Formula Fours and Formula Renaults. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or he no, does it might be the, the TRS cars from yeah. New Zealand. Uh, but he ran some pretty big guys in TRS for, mm. the, for a while there after he got out of Formula Ford. So. Um, yeah, Glenn and Bruin. So how was yes. the relationship with Glenn obviously took off and helped you with your Formula 4 days? Yeah, well, like we just stayed in touch with Glenn and it wasn't like immediately that year after we met him, we started working together. I actually, it wasn't until a year and a half later that I saw Glenn working for Radical yep. and I was driving production 
touring like Am Champs mm. in an enduro um, with my mate Kevin Herbin in a little Honda Integra. Yeah. Went for a walk down the Radical pit and there's Glenn putting a front bar on a Radical and we just got to chatting and sort of said to him, what are, what are you doing? Mm. And ended up that he came and worked for us the, the next year. So, yeah, end of 2014 and 2015, we did heaps of testing, worked yeah. with Wayne Mackey, who's now at Erebus. Yeah. Um, Jeez, and, Wayne's uh, gone on to do some crazy shit in the yeah. engineering side. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's quite in all those documentaries, but he does a shitload of work yeah, for Erebus. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> like the shock guru down at, at Erebus, and he yeah. was a shock guru for um, and the setup guy for... for um, Bruin as well so yep. we actually ran a set of those shocks at, at nationals the Olands on loan from Woody yeah and holy moly made a huge difference really those shocks are the massive difference in those Duratecs um, unbelievable I yeah. keep telling that to um Adrian who runs my car now in the yep. Duratec I'm like dude shocks are a massive difference yep. in those cars what have you got in at the moment oh I've sold it to him I, I don't know what I, <laughs> I totally oh, forgot right. what I yeah, it was just okay. like the standard shocks yeah and then I said to him you can get better shocks than that and he yeah. was like nah nah you know, I'm just going to leave it as it is. So you reckon shocks are the main? Oh, mate, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, because I just thought I was pretty critical on my data at that stage because mm. I was self-taught through like Pete Dorman and Dave Kelly and a bunch of James yeah. McKay, a bunch of guys. Oh, that's right. They were Coney. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. Coney's. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we'd maxed out what we what we could do on, on that damper. And Woody was like, these are, these are going to help. These are going to help. And yeah. I was like, oh, Fuck yeah. it. We'll put them on and see if it does. Yep. And yeah, when we were at went to nationals, it well, it wasn't like it was under brakes. I could break ten meters later, or I could get on mm. the throttle ten meters earlier. It was just like little bits everywhere. And when you looked at the variance graph on the data trace, it was just this like beautiful little curve up, <laughs> and it was like a second at Eastern Creek. Really, and that that, that put us well within the top five of the the national series competitors. So. Um, that kind of unlocked it for Shit. us. And Maybe yeah. I'll just find some special shocks from my Kent car. Mate, I can make some calls <laughs> for you if you want. <laughs> so how did um, how did, how did your relationship with Kevin come about, Kevin Herbin? Kev. Yeah, big Kev, because he's, he's the most infamous bloke. He hangs around, but he doesn't do much. Everyone knows base. Kevin. Yeah. So I got to know Kevin. My, my first real year of racing cars was in the New South Wales Production Touring Car Championship run yeah. at that stage by It Jerry. wasn't the saloon car or was it was it the it was, it was the saloon yeah, car. Yeah, that was my EA. So yeah. yeah there's a good good video on YouTube of the, the EA overtaking Evos yeah. and club sports and stuff on the opening lap of a race. Yeah. And I remember people used to come up to us and be like, Oh, is that an XR six turbo? And I was like, No mate, straight six, <laughs> hundred and forty five kilowatts and close to one and a half ton. Like, like she's yeah. not um, not exactly a speed machine, but we were hustling that thing. So um, so yeah, and Kev was racing the six two six, the uh, ex Grant Denya Mazda from the twenty four hour, yeah, twelve hour. Jeez, from that that yeah. era, wow. one of Grant's Grant's mm. first cars. Um, and Kev just like approached me one day and said, "Oh, do you want to do the Winton Enduro for production touring?" And I'll share the cost of the the Falcon. And we did the we did the enduro. It didn't. It was a very difficult weekend for us. We Kev accidentally put the thing into the fence down at turn one and two at the flag point. Yeah. And then it was fine to carry on, but he he actually thought that he damaged the car more than he had, and he went off and parked it in the mud oh and then no. got bogged. <laughs> so we didn't finish that race. And then the next day we lun we lunched a gearbox and got stuck in fourth. Yeah. And so I drove the rest of the race in fourth gear at Winton of all Jesus. places <laughs> and, and managed to, to get through fairly well. So, but... 
Kev is just one of those genuine guys, like sticks to his word. Mm. Um, like he helped us to fix the car and everything. What's he do for a crust? Um, he works in warehousing. So yeah, right. if you go into a brand new Bunnings and mm. you see all those orange and blue shelf stackings, yep. he's the shelf man. So yeah, right. yeah he'll okay. run those projects. Um, he had Candy Warehousing, I think it was called, which was his mm. his own business that um, him and a family member or, or a good friend used to run together. But I think now he works contract for a few bigger suppliers. Yeah, right. so, yeah. how, was it, how was it racing for Peter Conroy? Because Peter Conroy just passed away, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, Peter Conway just passed away. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty wow. sure it's the same what? Peter Conway. Yeah, it yeah. Probably, probably would be. Pete yeah. was pretty old when I was working with him. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he passed oh, wow. away. Yeah. So how was it? How was it racing for him? <laughs> Interesting you found out about it on the podcast. Yeah. 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 Oh, but well, I mean, yeah. Sorry to the Peter Conway. family. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you've been flat out, man. You can't. <laughs> it's not like you. Yeah. It's not like you hang your day on social media like me. Yeah, I didn't, to stalk I didn't their see Yeah. <laughs> I know Steve... His um his offsider um mm. who used to work with him um yeah that was that because what's his son's name is it Terry no mm. hang on it's Peter and Terry isn't it I Peter's the son s- oh I get confused because there's a few Conroys in 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 racing in Sydney yeah okay yeah well, yeah I mean he he was great mm. um and those little factory Integras that he had I think they were ex Japanese touring cars or something like that. Yeah. So they they had pedigree from like Suzuka and stuff, and they had like carbon synchros and mm. all sorts of wild stuff in them, and the little VTEX. Um, and I remember lining up a bit of a test day, and we did like a launch yep. with Daniel Beckinsale from DGB yeah. Media. Yeah, 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 yep. Daniel helped me develop some of my media skills when mm. we were in production touring cars. Um, so. I'm so glad I'm remembering all these people's names because they've all helped. <laughs> You're me doing pretty a, well, a, a man. Because I've got a, years. I've got a laptop in front Coming of me. Coming back, <laughs> <laughs> You're beating Google at the moment. So yeah, that's good. Sweet. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So we did a launch when I was coaching fast track racing back yep. then, um, which was when that V8 experience was a really good thing um, yep. for for young drivers to get into. And yeah, we did like a little test in the in the Integra and. VTEC came on and like I was hooked on that and we out of you know a 25 car Amchamps field which was pretty strong back in 2014 the mm. Evo 10s were big back then um, you know we out qualified John Bow in the wet at Phillip Island really in the wow. Integra I think he was in a, um, one of Holty's old BMWs yeah, right. so uh, yeah we, we regularly finished six outright in that car yeah just plugged away and yeah. you know had, had good results so we uh, finished fourth in the championship did you know that Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Fourth <laughs> in the series and we won class D. Yeah. So, oh, there you go. All right. Yeah. I think we were endurance <laughs> champions actually that, that year. So yeah. yeah, that was a pretty cool year and, and Kev winning his class. Like I went to coach him at Wakefield for the sprint events. Mm. I think it was two or three sprint events. And um and yeah, he was just stoked to win himself a national championship and it was yeah. just really good. He paid for everything that year, mm. um, and it was just an out-of-the-blue offer at the start of the season when I was racing Formula Ford. Mm. And, yeah, Kev was just like, I'll, I'll pay. You come. Yeah. I'd like, I want to see you develop. I know you can steer. Yeah. And I never crashed the car, never got in a bingle with anyone on track, and there was a big team rivalry with the other Honda. Yeah. 
let's not go into that. Um, <laughs> Glad there was a robbery. That, that was that was a bit unfair <laughs> at certain points. Um, yeah. There was an eighty-six. Was, was, there there the, was well. it the number one, number two driver type of thing? Hundred percent. Ah, yes. First round at Sandown, yeah. I got told over the radio as we're finishing the race to slow up so we could do a one-two over the yeah. line. Oh no! I can see where this is going. Never again. <laughs> ever, ever again. You're thinking. Were you thinking the iconic Bathurst moment? Yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen, did it? Nope, it didn't. <laughs> I was I was sitting there in third, rolling up to the checkers, oh, waiting, mate. Oh. And he just went oh. straight past me. I would have been pissed too, mate. I was spewing on the radio when yeah. I when I came in. I got out of the car and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, that's my trophy." And I, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they all and then the driver was like, "Oh, I didn't hear it." I'm like, "He did." You heard it. You definitely heard it. So anyway, yeah. but yeah, so it was an interesting season to say the least. Um, and it kind of stemmed from that, that first round. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, they'd been driving that other car for a while. And I don't think they liked that Luke King came in and was like faster and straight off the bat. Yeah. The, the whole ego thing that happens in motorsport all the time. It does. Though. Yeah, it does. I get a bit like that too. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> I get, I get, I get shitty when like Someone a younger steps on your Kent toes. <laughs> <laughs> when a younger driver comes in the Kent class and beats, I'm like, man, I spent like years doing this. Yeah. <laughs> but you're so encouraging though. And yeah, I know, mate. I know, but I still get like a bit, I still have the competition in me. But yeah, you know. fair, fair. Yeah. As you should too. You wouldn't yeah. be a racing driver <laughs> no, if you didn't. Still get the red miss when yeah. it comes down. Yeah, when it exactly. Needs to. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I have the Kimi Raikkonen vibes, but when like a when like a kid who's younger than me, he deserves it because he's yeah. chasing a race car career. I'm like, fuck, I should have been really yeah. quicker then, man. Yeah. Like, so who's who's quick at the moment then in, in the Kent? Uh, it's just me and Scott. It's hard because over COVID, it was only the guys could really afford to yeah. race at the moment. So it was yeah, Scott Tidyman and I, and we're kind of like the older bloke. He's older than me. And then we had Daniel. Scott is in Cameron Cameron. No, no, Hills. Scott Tidyman. Scott Tidyman. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cameron Hill's doing great, though. With no, his Scott. Oh, no. Sean. I'm thinking oh, Sean Tidyman. Sean Tidyman. Yeah, oh, sorry. Sorry, Sean. shout out to Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's been mentioned a few times on this podcast, though. He, 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 he happens to he, know everyone. He, he gets around. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He definitely <laughs> gets around. Um, yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. So, yeah. so it was, who's in who's running Kent this year? Uh, there's me, myself, or me, me, myself, and I'll just have yeah. that. <laughs> I'm yeah. hoping it's just me at the top. But there's Scott. <laughs> there's Scott Tidyman. I think Tim will have a few guys. It's interesting now racing against like a bigger outfit. You would have yep. had that with Luke Ellery. Yeah. Do you know what yep. I mean? You go from like a like a big team which has a yeah. lot more supplies in terms of like spare parts to it yeah, to yeah. doing it on your own and you yeah fuck, for sure like shoveling out a shitload more money yeah you know? yeah it's hard yeah, yeah. um how was it with luke ellery though because he's he's pretty trick like he he does all his stuff very neat he's very ocd yeah he might I think take a bit longer but he does it very very proper luke luke and dad got along really well yeah and i think luke looked up to dad in terms of what dad was doing from like the superior motorsport side of things and, mm. and working with those guys especially in the historic scene mm. um because luke's obviously pretty well accomplished like over in um USF 2000. Yeah. I don't know if he ever did an Indy Lights test or anything like I that. I think he may have. He did the 12 hour as well in, in that Abrath yeah. car. Thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, look, I think we came in probably a bit too early for Luke when he was first starting. Mm. Um, and it was, Luke was good on the on the coaching side. Mm. Uh, and it was good to run down at Vic State. Like everything that he taught me about running at Phillip Island and Sandown and all that was was really good. Mm. Um, but I think in, in the end, it just worked out better for us to be privateers. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Luke introduced us to one of his sponsors, Carolyn Kruger, who yep. ran On Track Accounts. Um, and she she helped me a lot with the accounting side, um, mm. 
and even like funded part of it. So yeah. she's very Luke, nice. Yeah, she's yeah. lovely lady. Yeah, 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 and and been through a bit herself. But yeah, you know, Luke was good enough and trusting enough to introduce us to Carolyn, and like we even went and stayed at her house at certain times and stuff to help with budget and everything. Mm. So Jake Foraki, your teammate at the time, he was also Jake, chasing yeah. a similar career. Yeah, too, exactly. Yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. It was. Yeah, he was a good teammate to have because he was he was really like promising, and people were watching him, and I just. You know, figured if, if we could run up against Jake, then we probably got a pretty good chance. Mm. Um, there was a time down at Phillip Island. I think it was one of our first rounds. Actually, it was the it was the weekend. Uh, yeah, it was the first round. Mm. Safety car restart. Four acre leading. Yeah. I think I was fourth. Yeah. Spencer in no, was it? Sp- it would have been Spencer. Jake I think Spencer in yeah, front yeah, of yeah. me. Um, would have been all Lazaro. Oh, Lazaro. Oh, Lazaro. He was like me. He's kind of like me. He hangs around a lot in yeah, Formula Four. Yeah, it might have been. There was another guy on a spectrum. I can't remember his surname. Mm. Anyway, four wide yep. down the main straight. At Phillip Island. Yeah. Into turn one. Yeah, into turn uh, one. Right. L- <laughs> LKR on the outside. I yeah. went from fourth to first. It was like a MotoGP run. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was actually at Phillip Island for the latest TCR round doing that ambassador work, mm. um, I was standing at the front of the pits with Jay Hansen. Yeah. And we're just having a chat. And then you you hear the influence. Yeah. Oh, was that good to watch that weekend though? Mega. Like me and Jay, we were like standing there. I actually did an interview with him on my Instagram at then and there because him and I were just getting so excited about battle packs coming past and just the drafting battles happening in Formula Ford. And we were both like, Man, like, how is this not televised? Like, yeah. how is it not a support category? Like, yeah, it's glad it has it's, to come back. Eh? I think they only televised one race that week, and you were down there. Really? Yeah, that was only one. It was only Dude, race it's two. Good racing too. Oh, I know. It's really good racing at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, I loved the Duratex. That yeah. was such a cool car, and I can remember the first time driving a Duratex, being in second gear, driving out of the final corner at Winton, mm. and the thing just like it was because it was LeBrock's car. Yeah. This thing just squatted and like took off the yeah. corner. Yeah. And had a I trick was set like, up on it. Fuck yes, <laughs> this is like that. This is what I want to drive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe like how quick they they felt and like how light they were on their feet. And yeah, you were like, yeah. "Fuck the production car!" Mate, going, going from an EA production car into <laughs> that thing, it was just like you're just alive the whole time you're driving it. It's yeah. pretty sick. <laughs> you can't you can't really beat that open wheel feeling. No, I mean like I am a touring car guy at mm. heart. Um, if you had to give me the the choice, um, yeah. obviously I'd drive. That's because your dad's. Car, that's because your dad's influence though. Your dad's been always yeah. huge into touring cars. Absolutely, and. And NASCAR, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. driving in circles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You've got to actually tell me about his NASCAR days because Tony South was coming on after you. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that can actually be like a nice segue. Well, to, yeah, to I, Tony. Was, I was actually looking at his T-shirt that he's wearing in one of your promos and it looks like he's ripped off a Bill Elliott livery, yeah. like a Coors livery yeah. back in the day. Oh, so, I can ask him that one. Yeah, do a <laughs> bit of research on that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, BJ went over there with, with mum um, early day, like, oh, sorry, early 90s. To late, America? Late 80s, yeah, went to the wow. US. Sick. Yeah, yeah. So he actually worked for Robert Yates Racing. Yeah, right. Um, and actually, it was through a contact by a guy named um, John Callis. Mm-hmm. He raced well, NASCAR back in the 70s, but mm-hmm. then came to work – Oh, God, what's his name? With Carol Smith. Oh. Pretty sure John Callis came out with Carol Smith. Yeah. You Google Carol Smith. He's like one of the like biggest yeah. setup engineer gurus in motorsport ever yep. from America. Um, and, yeah, J- Dad and John stayed in touch. Mm. And so 
Um, I think John Callis ended up being like the head of development for Robert Yates Racing in their engine department. Yeah. Um, especially in the era of like the Dale Jarrett stuff. But when Dad was there, he was working for Rusty Wallace in the um, Kodiak uh, Pontiac. Mad. Um, back then. Back then, up against Davy Allison mm. in the Havilland. That was car back when NASCAR was NASCAR, though. That proper. was like seriously. That's yeah. when they that, that's when they were racing like with one eye and yeah. shit. That's what Davy Allison was yeah, doing. Exactly. They had huge crashes. Yeah, They'd come yeah. back the next week. Yeah, proper boys. Yeah. yeah. Um, the deep south NASCAR. Yeah, days. that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, who else was there back? In, oh, that was you know close to when Jeff Gordon would have been making his introduction to NASCAR. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dad sort of brought us up as being big fans of Rusty Wallace. But then um, I remember John one year sent us a big box of merch from the US, and it was when Robert Yates did the um, a promo for Batman and uh, Robin. Yep. Um, I can't. It must have been. That's when the marketing was really good, though, for car racing. Yeah, when they huge. were like when they were hooked up. Yeah, like, that's who you're trying to replicate with your career. Exactly. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So it was. I think it was Dale Jarrett had the Batman car, mm. and it was the Ford Credit Batman car. Yeah, and then Kenny Irvine had the Joker. Um, yeah, right. I can't remember what his sponsor was, but yeah, we opened this box, mm. and it's like one eighteenth scale cars like full big shirts and stuff and it was yeah. like christmas in july yeah, like right. opening this thing and grant was like i like the joker and he's like <laughs> grabbing the joker and i've got batman and then i became a dale jarrett fan does, 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 is that still stuff still with your dad and your parents and whatnot or yeah, that, like memorabilia oh mate like you ask liz <laughs> we when we go home there's model cabinets and trophy cabinets downstairs at mum and dad's place really? of your go-karting formula of formula everything ship. yeah everything Sick. that we've done and so like i'll go in there and there's like you know a, a wheel nut off like a supercar or something and like with, there's always something in the cabinet for me and dad to be like oh we didn't look at that last time we'll just pull it out <laughs> and we're just like frothing over like whatever it is but yeah, yeah those those nascars are in there and i actually i almost made dad cry for his birthday because yeah. um i managed to find a limited edition rusty wallace kodiak car from mm. 1989 um 18th scale very hard to, to get. Yeah. Um, bought it secondhand on eBay. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's the exact car that he worked on when, when he was working in NASCAR. Wow. So Far out. That's cool. That's a cool. cool little, like, rabbit hole story there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, pretty yeah, sick. Yeah. yeah. So I think if Dad had his choice, he, he might have gone over to the US a bit more. But then I came along and, and, he just and made his life so much better. <laughs> well, his son ended up racing a car, like yeah. the TCR, yeah, in, the exactly. end, in the end yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. So it did actually kind of work out if you look not, at it. Not bad. Not yeah, bad. Yeah, not yeah. bad for a bloke who's just a private who smashes Chaz Mostert. Yeah. I don't know if we smashed Chaz, oh, but oh, we, you, we tried. We you tried. go one-on-one with him. One-on-one yeah. with a great one. Yeah. He... He was so good last year. Yeah. Like, you know, he... Um, yeah, how was that racing with him? Because that is actually pretty cool. And you know what I mean? Like, he was yeah. just... He's just been a natural born driver. Yeah, that he bloke. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can extract that little bit mm. extra. Um, I'd like to get ourselves into a financial position with sponsors and stuff where I don't have to worry about mm. banging up the car. Yeah. Because when you bust a front splitter off or if you're playing with someone like mm. it comes into your brain like yeah. you have a shunt you might be out for the next round so yeah I, I don't think that i think that's where Chaz and those guys probably don't have that issue they're yeah. able to just go and be 10 tenths all the time because they're paid to do that mm. um but when we were racing toe to toe i think, I think he, he bumped yeah. me once at southern Lou. yeah but, you know, like I was running a pretty hard block for those 12 laps. Mm. I honestly was surprised that we kept him behind for so long. Yeah. Um, but we were fairly on pace with each other across the whole weekend. 
Um, so, you know, we both, we front rode it. He pulled away in the wet. That was mm. the first time that I'd ever driven on a proper wet tyre. In the car too. Yeah. 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 So that for me, like it was, you know, he ran away with that race. But race two, when it dried up, it was it was on. And I was like, you know, the first round at Tassie, I kind of let Chaz by in one of the races after he'd had a bingle with someone in front of me. Mm. And as he was coming back through, I just thought, oh, I'm going to slot in here and, yeah. and let him in. Is but that Phillip at, Island? That, that, was, that was at Tassie. Oh, Tasmania. But oh, then okay. at PI. Yeah. Like, I had the lead of the race, got in front of Cameron, and, and mm. he battled Cameron for a couple of laps. And I thought, stuff this. Like, I've got a gap. Mm. Try and maintain the gap. And then he sort of came at me. And I probably was driving a little bit too too safe. But at that point in time, I was still getting to know the car and everything as well. Yeah. So When did it click for you to, with that? Like, I know we're fast-forwarded ahead in your career here. But when did, when did it click for you for that, for that car? Was it round two that you were comfy with it? Because... Josh Buchan said that he was comfy by Eastern Creek when he won. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, did you actually fair. click before your first win or did you? Yeah, you I, I think we actually gelled with it almost straight away. You know, yeah. like we did a we did an afternoon shakedown, I would call it, at mm. Winton. Um, believe it or not, I think the car still had some hangover from when Russell Ingle driven it the couple of years prior. Like I went, imagine going into the braking zone at turn one and the mm. shock just breaks in half. Yeah. That's what happened to me on our first test day. <laughs> so we did two really good sessions um, and then that happened, which ended the day early. Yeah. So like that was my intro to, to TCR. We did like 30 laps. Yeah. Um, and then we went to Tassie, did some practice. And I think the, the team um, the team was sort of just like, oh, we've got Chaz mm. and we've got this bloke out of 86. Um, and I think even Lee admitted it in our docuseries that yeah. they were like, you know, looking back, like yeah. Luke was always probably going to do all right. Um but I think it wasn't until Quali 1 where we actually had made it into the 10, but we were the first Audi into the 55s mm. at, at that circuit. It was like the whole team like kind of switched straight away down there and they were like, holy shit, we've got two cars on in our yeah. pit garage that could probably win this weekend. So <laughs> I think that kind of changed things a bit for us, which was really cool. Um, and did Chaz actually ever help you with your side of the garage? Or did, he, did he ever help? Was he actually comfy with that because he was focusing on his supercars? Yeah, th that's kind of the good thing about MPC. There's definitely um, – there's no bullshit on the data mm. side. You know, so he actually treated it for him. He would have did he treat it like a club day type of thing for him? Like it's just the thing on the side, or did he take it full serious? <sighs> Look, I think I think with Chaz, he he definitely. Um, I don't I don't want to speak for him, but I think he he does a really good job of staying relaxed mm. over the whole thing, and that's when he performs his best. Yeah. So like you wouldn't know when he's taking it serious or not. Yeah. I see him on some supercar interviews, and and you can tell that he's like disheartened and wants to do better so maybe they're going in and doing a harder debrief but i think with the tcr there's probably less development because they're already homologated and developed mm. from from europe so he just got in and, and drove the thing and there was times where i'd be like you know i like getting involved in the data and stuff and i'd be like going and speaking to debore because debore yeah, was, yeah. was there and i'd be like i wanted to know oh what, what's chaz think of this and like when we're Those two are like the, uncle and son. Yeah, uncle, yeah. Uncle but and he, <laughs> he just laughed at me and he's like, oh, mate, I don't know. Chaz is back at the hotel. And I'm like, righto. <laughs> so, like, he's he's pretty chill. Um, like, I don't th I don't think there's a category that he wouldn't take serious. Like, he wouldn't get in a car and not take it seriously. Yeah. But um, but definitely he was enjoying himself through the whole time, which is good to see. So, yeah. But you were, in the, you were in, the, in the chance to win the championship at some point in that, yeah. like, COVID-style championship yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah and then it just un it just unfolded that it went his way like tcr yeah. though 
is so like Will Brown said this in the media is yeah. so so competitive these yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, like, all good. respect to you last year. Yeah, thanks, fucking man. Yeah. it's yeah. tough. I think yeah, we we put up a good battle and like it wasn't without its um its troubles as well. Like we tried to mask up as as much as we could, but like at Bathurst we. You, the first Easter Bathurst, there mm. was people making comparisons about Chaz and I, and obviously Chaz is more experienced and like Luke's lagging and whatever, but no one sees behind the scenes. And we had massive break dramas that whole weekend. Like mm. I couldn't get anywhere close to like the 200 meter board, for mm. the, like without running out of breaks. Yeah. So we were battling with, you know, and as a team, we we're all working together to try and fix this problem, but you got limited time over a race weekend. And so that really, that weekend really hurt us. It, mm. it hurt my confidence because I didn't have the confidence to push the car. Mm. And we, we lost a big bag of points that weekend. Like we just, we, I think we qualified eighth and we just kept going backwards. Yeah. Um, especially over the longer distance as well. Like we just couldn't, couldn't, the car. Was couldn't. it regulated test days for test? I don't, I missed that. There yeah. Is. Six, six days a year. Okay. And not within seven days at an event at that circuit. Yeah. Right. So it is kind of like supercars in a way. Yeah. Like a little too, bit. Too yeah. Strict. Yeah. So I, you, you have to be on your game when you get up. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, it's funny. Like I, um, hear a lot of people saying, oh, they're front-wheel drive and, like, I need time to sort of get used to it and stuff. Mm. But in the end, I, I did my research. I knew that the European guys who were coming out, like J.K. Vinay, Nesta Duralami, those blokes, mm. when they came out here, they destroyed us. Yeah. And so I just looked at it and went, I've got to do some research. I've got to understand the dynamic of the car. And, it, like, we got in and felt comfortable straight away. So mm. I think... Um, Anyone who's sort of like going down that pathway of, oh, they're different to drive or whatever. Mm. At the end of the day, you're a racing driver. It's got four tyres on it. You need to maximise the, the, yeah. the grip of those four tyres and go as fast as you can everywhere. And yeah. that's as and simple for as us it needs as to drivers, be. And for us as drivers, we can't just go out there and kick a ball like any other sport. Yeah. And we have to actually wait for our time to get on the track. Yeah, yeah, which exactly. Is what, which is what we're explaining to the audience. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, You're yeah. Maximize yeah. The very time. limited time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> very limited. Yeah. I, it's so funny, a, a lot... Like, a lot of people ask me, like, oh, you know, it must be, like, so good being a driver. Like, how often are you in a car and stuff? Yeah. And they're, like, literally expecting you to say, like, every week. Yeah. And then you're, like, no, 90% of my time I'm, like, hustling, <laughs> trying to get deals done and whatever. And I, like, I might drive eight times a year. Yeah. So, that, but that's why I'm looking forward to being up around Norwell a bit more because mm. um, Paul's really good to me whenever I, I mm. go there and drop him. We might do, like, an hour together or something in the 86. And yeah bash around and do a bit of data so hopefully yeah. i can do, you, do uh, you hang out with the other like anton and that do you guys is it all of you guys that, that help other train other like general public or do you just do your own thing i haven't got into yeah. that side of the crew yet yeah. um but um like definitely had some good chats with nash Brody kostecki i know anton from doing some coaching work together mm. um so yeah i know that core crew and obviously a race against brock feeney in 86s as well yeah i was so, gonna actually go into that yeah 86 yeah, yeah so yeah. brock and his dad and i know them well so the whole norwell scene is is a good spot for us i think Mm. Yeah, yeah. So with your with your eighty six, you were oh, didn't you race with Bruce? Was uh, Brucey Bruce Brucey. Williams? That's it. That's yep. it. And he had, didn't he have Jimmy Vernon the year before? Is it that is. how it worked out? They, they won the series. Okay, good. I'm, yep. I'm just checking my Google facts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was uh, that was really good. Um, the eighty six series was kind of my lifeline after Formula Ford. Yeah, because I think you'd run out of budget technically after Formula Ford too. I remember much. talking to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't great, and I. I think there was that stage at Formula Ford where we finished top five at a national level mm. and I sort of thought, wow, that's that's a good result for us 
I could keep going mm. and probably do pretty well, but it, there's not much point in me spending what I make at Origin Energy when I was working there mm. on it. Like I need to focus on the sponsorship side, which I already was, mm. but that was like the reality check. It's like, okay, you're spending a hundred grand a year on Formula Ford. Mm. All your mates have got house deposits. Yeah, you you've got a, you've got a race car that you're still paying off because yeah. you know you're you're paying for the operating costs as well. Yeah, um, and so I was like, realistically, it's 400k to the next level, mm. and and working, yeah, as many over hours of overtime as I want is not going to get me there. No. So uh, when the 86 series came up, it mm. was still around that 100k limit, I reckon, to do it mm, properly yeah. for a season and to travel everywhere as well. That's the big cost. Mm. Um, but bang for buck was huge, and it allowed me to set up a platform of selling sponsorship. Yeah, to a, and to Bruce a owned the car, didn't he? Bruce owned the car at first. At first. So yeah, yeah. The, the first season we did it with him, there was like there was no lease fee. His mm-hmm. sponsors were on the car paying for that lease fee, so yeah. it was like, here's the car. I trust you and your dad to prep it. Yep, which he did because he did it in your home garage. We did, yeah, yeah, correct. And good thing that, like, obviously dad had his background and experience because that's what got Bruce over the line. He knew dad was old school. Mm. Bruce is very old school. Yeah, he, Are you technically like an unqualified mechanic because, like, you've you never done your mechanic? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because through your dad, you've done so much with him and he might have taught you so much shit, you know, you could yeah. prefix Liz's car if you ever... Oh, easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. Especially <laughs> as a, a fitter and turner by trade. Yeah. You know, like the machining side of things and stuff, I'm probably a bit rusty on now, but in terms of doing mechanical work and stuff like that, I often worry that, uh, you know, if if or when we we have our own kids, yeah. Um, how am I going to live up to what my dad's been able to do for me, yeah, um, because he's so good on the mechanical side, but I'm sure I'll be able to supplement that yeah. on the driving yeah. side as well. But yeah, um, but, but yeah, I'm sure I could fix a car if I needed to. <laughs> yeah, you got to go more into the '86 series because I haven't really spoken about much about that series. Yeah, but I'm keen to get some guys in the 86 series on. Yeah, so can you explain like? how it all works for just the general audience, like if they do want it, if they're not even a go-kart and they want to get into the series? Yeah, for sure. So um, 86 Series, founded by Neil Crompton and Airtime Autosport. Yep. Um, Neil's been a long-time partner of Toyota and Hino Group and that whole TMCA corporation. Mm. So they they sold the idea of the 86 Series to Toyota, and mm. Toyota actually part-fund a lot of the costs for the series. So yep. your entry fees are capped at 1500 tyres are capped at... 1160 a set um a whole bunch of costs are kind of capped out yeah and the way that they've produced the cars it's almost like running a factory car because you've got neil bates motorsport on the phone if you've got an issue you can ring them they'll help you fix it all the parts come from neil or if you get uh, have a relationship with your local toyota dealer you've got 40 percent discount immediately on all parts yeah and there's a lot of parts at the dealership so yep. we had Didn't you, you came close with toyota weren't you were you close to them you yeah yeah sydney city toyota yep. um yeah dealer principal there john rocker we actually were driving out to bondi to spend the day together one day me and liz and we drove past sydney city and i said to liz i was like that is the dealership that i want on the side of my car yeah. and uh yeah two years later we we did the deal with them so uh so they were always they were really good to us um but yeah the the 86 series um i would say to do it properly it's probably 10 to 15k around depending mm. on where you, where you're going to yeah. um brakes and tires and all that sort of standard stuff yeah. um so really good bang for buck because you're on the supercars calendar mm. um, you've got great tv that you can get your sponsors involved with um mm. and all the cars it's 
one make. But before Bruce, you're actually with Gary Holt. Yeah. He loves his sailboats, by the way. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the That's Holtie, what Jack was saying yesterday. Yeah. Who didn't remember you, unfortunately. I know, I know. But I'm not surprised because unless I, I outlined to Jack that, like, I did a day's testing with him with barrel and yeah, whatever yeah. back in the day, he wouldn't he wouldn't remember. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, his um, his mechanics took me out at the Adelaide. He was pretty honest though yesterday. He said he had a fair few concussions. <laughs> did he? Yeah, he was pretty honest about it all. He really? Just, yeah, he's just like, oh, I remember a lot of. Oh, st- I don't remember don't a lot remember of stuff because exactly. I'm. Yeah, because of his football concussions. Oh wow! Great bloke though. Yeah, awesome. Bloke. He probably had a few hits in the Utes too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember any shunts off the top of my head, but I mean, yeah. there were some big ones in the Utes back in the day. So yeah. you got to. So what, what? What's your relationship with Gary Holt, and how did that all come about? Before Bruce, because we, we went. Yeah, we, we yeah. went with Bruce first. Now we're going back to Gary. To to cut it short, we um we started our eighty six journey with. Brian Hilton Motorsport, mm-hmm. and that was through a deal I had with a, another a guy in the industry, mm. and that fall fell over very, very quickly, unfortunately, yeah. as a lot of motorsport teams do when, when things sort of a bit mismanaged or not communicated properly. And the finances aren't together. Yeah, so I did, Dad and I did a lot of work setting up that motorsport program for that dealership, mm. um, and uh, yeah, it just didn't work out to, to put it nicely. So we did two rounds with them. Yeah. Um, and then on the Monday of Sandown, the new manager that had been brought in told me they didn't have a drive anymore. Yeah. And I was absolutely devastated because we'd done so much work. Like at that point, I was working at Origin as like a planner and scheduler, mm. setting up the work workflow for the, the boys that I used to be in the workshop with. Yeah. And so I actually did a project schedule of how to, of like the, the, things we had to tick off the list to build an 86. Yeah. So a build process leading up to the first round yep. for four cars through Microsoft Project. <laughs> so I had that done. I, I was in the workshop like bolting hoists to the ground. Yeah. Had my mate Jeff Davies there who worked for the, the dealership. Do you do all your PDF documents to present to your sponsors? Yeah, yeah, you, I do. That's you doing it. I do it. everything, yeah. So it's not just Liz because my girlfriend yeah. Brooke helps me with all my shit. <laughs> well, look, Liz, Liz has helped to make me more professional and yeah. she's got like all our content down behind the the scenes but she's actually been stealing some of my templates for <laughs> my uh my powerpoints and my pdfs for some of hers so yeah, uh, right. so yeah no that, that's all us yeah. um but yeah so like we'd, we'd done so much work and unfortunately the deal just fell over mm. um which was really disappointing and so therefore i was you know left without a drive and um Nigel Bowling, mm. um, who's one of Dad's good friends, very yep. well-known mechanic around the scene, fondly known as Black Nige. Yep. Um, he uh, he knew Gary Holt, worked for him for a number of years. Yep. Holt, he was at the Singapore Grand Prix doing a deal with Daniel Ricciardo for, for Ricciardo Ricardo Karts, yep. which is pretty sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nige rang Holty because Holty wasn't driving his car for round three and said, I'm engineering mm. this kid, Luke King, you know, can, can we run your car? Mm. Holty does a lease deal on a serviette from the hotel in Singapore that he's staying in. <laughs> that's so good. Emails that to me. I take that to Cam's with the yeah. logbook and go, that's my approval from the, the yeah, car from the owner. Car, right? yeah. um, and as we, like, I think we packed up the car on Wednesday night. We got it from... Where was the car parked, though? It was in Wollongong mm. with Rhett. Oh, I can't remember Rhett's surname. He mm. works for Mark Cars. Yeah, uh, a lot okay. of people watching would know Rhett. Yeah. Um, really good mechanic. Um, his workshop was in Wollongong. So we rock up at midnight on the mm. Wednesday. Yeah. 
bumping is Thursday. Yeah. I've never seen this car before and it's got all the crash damage on it from, from the last hell. round. So front bar was cracked, rear bar was like hanging off it. Yeah. Um it's got yeah. tire marks and shit all yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was banged up. <laughs> and like the the biggest thing in my brain, like Holty's not the tallest bloke. Yeah. So what Red had done is that he'd built him this second throttle pedal yeah. with all these linkages and stuff. I was he'd expecting done, to done say a booster great seat. Great job. <laughs> Instead of building a booster seat, he built pedal extensions. Yeah. And so right. the, the linkage the yeah. linkage was from one pedal to the other. And so when Holty's little foot pushed that pedal it pushed, it pushed the, the other bigger one. one. <laughs> That's Same so with cool. the brake. It yeah, was insane. Right. And I got in and I was I was like this, putting the car on the trailer, <laughs> trying to like figure this thing out. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, holy shit, dad. Like we need to get Glenn to the yeah. wreckers. We need a new set of pedals. Yep. And when we rolled into Sandown, which was round three, you know, we, we were meant to be parked up next to Glenn Seaton and his son Aaron, who yep. was running the series at the time. Wait, were you racing like 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 that for no, a bit or not? No, no, you won't. So you so, got straight. You got that sort of straight away. Yeah, we got straight into the tools that night. Yeah, and and Glenn, I think even like because Glenn Seaton and, and Dad are friends from back in the day. Yeah. Um, and Glenn was like, "Why have you brought that car? Like, <laughs> you you should not like don't run it. Like, it's yeah. not going to do anything for you this weekend." I can't remember his exact words, but he was like, "Oh, yeah, that's look a shit great. box. Don't yeah, drive that." Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, we were there until like one a.m. and I I'm upside down bolting brand new pedals back into it that Glenn went and picked up from a wrecker. Yeah. Um, you know, we're fixing body damage with tech screws. We ended up nicknaming the car Frankenstein. Yeah. Because it was held together with that <laughs> many tech screws and bolts and stuff. It was like um, a higher cart car in a way that's the way you explain yeah, exactly. it exactly <laughs> yeah yeah um and yeah like i rang my brother that night and i was like man i've like spent 15 grand on insurance for this thing i'm like paying halty a lease fee i'm doing this that yeah um and it all came out of my account obviously and i just rang him and i like this is my brother gk yeah and i said like i think i've fucked up here like this could be bad yeah and he was like man just do your best and he gave me like a pep talk about you know, looking at myself from the outside mm. as if someone's filming a documentary on you and this is just a turning point in yeah. in your life. And it was such a good pep talk because the next day I just put my head down, went out in P1. I think we were mm. fastest, P2 or P3. Race one, we fought Will Brown for the, for the win. Yeah. He got it. Race two, we had another ding-dong and I won it. Yeah. Um, and Race three, I think we got taken. How out was it racing Will Brown in that series? Because at that time he was just dominating fucking everything in the Formula Ford, Ford F four, yeah, eighty six, three things in one year. He was running everything. So um, that's track time if you want some track time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was it was good because Will was obviously highly rated even as a youngster. Mm. Um, we were the third person to win a race in the eighty six series. So number one was Cam Hill. Yeah, they dominated the first round. Will won the second. He was a second winner at Eastern Creek, and then Sandown. We were the third ever winner for the series. Yeah. So, like when you look at the top three, there, you know, Will's racing for Erebus now. Cam's just signed with Triple Eight. Mm. We're doing TCR. So, you know, Paul Paul Morris made mention of the '86 series when after my performance against Chaz at PI, yeah, saying how good a breeding ground it is. Mm. So, I think it's kind of changed a bit now because a lot of guys who were in the series for a long time, like myself, Tim, Tim Brooke, um, 
Cam, Cam Hill, Cam Crick, a lot of those guys have kind of like left now mm. and gone away. All gone. Um, Most of them have gone to supercars. Yeah. They're all risking the Vista to go to yeah, Super exactly. Two now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Tell me about <laughs> it. Which, yeah. That's that, another that budget in itself. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think it's it's got a bit of a way to go to kind of reestablish who's who's fast in there. Because yeah. Lockie Gibbons, I think he was he was sort of – he might jag a podium here and there, mm. or he'd be like top five for sure when we were running. Yeah, but now he's doing he's P ones, yeah. and Zach Bates is coming in, and, and he's P ones. So yeah, see, there's the little kid thing. They're the they're like the higher level now. So yeah, um, yeah, and then you've got I'm I'm not quite sure if I can really name anyone else coming in. I think um, the young kid who's part of the Erebus Academy is quite good oh. on the sim as well. Not Jay. Oh, I know who you're talking about, though. Job. Job Stewart. Oh, Job Stewart. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. His, his dad's really, really cool. Mm. Um, I think they'll they'll do quite well, and Job will keep developing. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. But, yeah, the 86 is a great little series. And yeah. if anyone's watching that wants to know more about it, just get in touch with me it, on this. It kind of gives you the Formula Ford vibes, but for, like, a production 100%. car thing. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? Like, it's, it's close. Yeah. And so much better up. to sell sponsorship for, too, because <laughs> you actually see the logo on the car. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, no, definitely, it's it's a lot like what the Formula Ford series was probably back in those late two thousands. Yeah, and yeah. Now you we're going we'll go. You we've gone up and down with your career at the moment, yeah. but we'll go for a, a while back here. You actually went to you got a random opportunity to compete in China. Mm. I remember I remember seeing that on Facebook one yeah. time. And you just took the opportunity with both hands and went, you know, fuck it, I'm just going to go to yeah. and race there. Yeah, that You've got to explain your, like, opportunity with that because that was a Le Mans car, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, LMP3 car. Yeah, yeah so that was a Ligia LMP3. Yeah. Um, you could feel your eyes go to the back of your head. That yeah, thing, basically, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> more more your bones trying to exit out of your body when you're just holding it flat and the arrow's <laughs> taking over. Um, I'd love to see what it's like to drive an LMP2 or an LMP1. Yeah. Um, because they was that they track? another that, level. That track looked like a stadium from the footage that I saw. Like yeah. That track was just crazy. Bizarre little circuit. So we, we flew in and it was like, I, I reckon China's version of council housing around us. Yeah. And this, this place was called the A1 ring. Yep. A1 ring Tianjin. Yeah. Tianjin. Um, which is like a little city out, you know, an hour and a half outside of Beijing. Yeah. So like, here we are, me... Dad and Liz all flew together because, yeah. like, I just wanted Dad to be there as a part of it. Mm. And Liz, like, was doing all our media and she's just involved in everything anyway. And it was yeah. just like, let's all go to China yeah. at two days' notice. <laughs> just pack up, yeah, pack yeah, up yeah, our yeah. shit and go to China. Yeah, so it was bizarre. We're, like, walking through these, like, little slum apartments and whatnot. And all you can hear is LMP3s just, like, echoing up through because they'd already started practice by the time we yeah. got there. And, like, the circuit was insane because they'd, like, done this massive corporate box and everything, but, like, yeah. half of it was fully operational and the other half was, like, not even fitted out. So <laughs> it was just, like... So I they, like, give up half, half, halfway through and be like, knows? Oh, fuck They were like, that's good enough. We're just going to go with that. So, <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was crazy because the owners of the category owned the rights to Marvel Comics in China. No way. Yeah. That's so, so cool. So each car was a different Marvel character. Yeah. So, and my helmet's based on Iron Man. Yeah, right. And funnily enough, we got put in the Iron Man car. Yeah. Which is pretty dope. So, yeah, that that opportunity came about and this is this is where motorsport is so about the networking mm. and and doing the right thing by people and mm. not burning bridges. Like James Winslow was the coach of Radical when or head coach of Radical when mm. I was there. Um and, like, I probably spent more time with other people 
in that group more so than than James because James was sort of at a higher level. Yeah. But I did ask him for some help at one stage, and I'd sent him my resume, which is pretty basic compared to what I what you've got yeah. of mine now, um, <laughs> and just saying, mate, this is what I've done. This is what I want to achieve. Like, if there's any opportunities, that you know, I've let me know. Um, and that was more based around trying to just get a drive with a gentleman in a, in mm. a radical or something to, to get a bit of a leg up. Yeah. And anyway, James had seen me running in the 86 series up mm. in Townsville. It's like seven is, years later. Is this after later. Bruce's car or Gary's car? Uh, this is Bruce's car. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just come back from doing some training in the UK mm. um, with Rob Wilson. I was going to ask about that too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll segue <laughs> off onto that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he'd seen me doing that overtake on Steve Owen yeah. and rang me the Monday morning and was like, oh, mate like I, I never forgot about you but yeah. I saw you racing on on Sunday or Saturday whenever it was and Steve um, Owen ends up being your wingman to a trip to China yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it was just epic like James just said mate you're gonna have to get on a plane on Thursday yeah and I was like wow so we we kind of needed to find the funding to get the flights together and I think the deal at that point was we needed to pay for some tires as well um, but I said to James, as long as the damage is sorted and they're they're happy for us to, to run under that sort of a contract, mm. we'll go. And yeah. he was like, okay, done. Yeah. So um, it wasn't exactly that straight by the time we got there. We had to do a bit of negotiating around and, and yeah. Liz got her like management head yeah, on. Right. you got to tell um, me about this track. Was the track though, was it kind of like have putting a track in the middle of Parramatta or something? Basically, like, yeah. Really? So yeah, just yeah, around yeah. housing commission and shit? Yeah, right? so it was a permanent circuit, but what they did for the LMP3 event was mm. they made it a half street circuit. Yeah. In the sim- similar way to that, you know, Townsville or like Albert, Albert Park. Park. Yeah, yeah, Albert yeah. Park. yeah, yeah. So we're on the same wavelength. We've got both pink yeah. and we're both <laughs> Albert Park. This is good, mate. We're vibing. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was similar to that, but Chinese. So... Yeah. Like, you get down to the opposite end of the circuit where it broke off to a street circuit and, like, literally the servo is just on, like, the outside <laughs> of, like, that corner down yeah. there uh, after the runoff area. Yeah. Like, if it's I It's barricaded dro- off, though, isn't it? Well, it, it wasn't. If it was I zigzagged out of the barricaded area, I'd be, like, I'd be <laughs> going down up. the main road of Tianjin and just, like, stopping into, <laughs> like... For a Mars bar local noodle box, yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be able to get it, mind you, in yeah. the P3 car. But, um... Yeah, the the track was really cool. It was it was a challenge because obviously I'd never driven there. Yeah, and then the street circuit side of it, the, the, some of the parts of the street circuit were actually breaking up, and yeah, so right. like the bumps didn't have any potholes on the track. They did it. It it started to form one on the apex of little no. hairpin oh, at no. a big braking zone. So like you'd yeah. be going around the outside of that corner, and being like. Bum, Bump. like yeah. it was yeah wow pretty epic <laughs> um and yeah like james um to his credit like helped us as much as we possibly could to to get up to speed and had sent me on board from his pole lap a couple of years before yeah and the way that i prepared for that we've got some good footage of it mm. on the flight i just thought well i'm not going to get a chance to practice in this thing and when i show up they need they need to think that i've already done this before mm. Cause they're pretty pretty brutal cars to drive, yeah. and so I got my passport wallet. I had my laptop set up in front of me for yeah. you know to view the footage, and I had my headphones in. Yeah. So I just had my passport wallet, and I was just listening to James when he was changing gears, when he was braking. I was literally doing foot movements, yeah, and all the hand movements, exact steering angle, same as him. And I probably drove forty virtual laps with my passport book, wow. just on the flight, on the flight for like an hour. An and hour just memorizing or two it. Hours You're actually memorizing, just it, memorizing like, it. Wow. And then I shut my laptop and I I wrote a track map. Like I'd actually gone and done a session. Because yeah. I'm big on track maps and writing down everything that I do. 
Um, and yeah, so I wrote a track map. I wrote out my brake markers. I wrote out my gear change points and everything. So I knew what gear I had to be in. I knew what brake markers were. Mm. Um, and so as soon as I rolled out of the pit lane, I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I've been here before. Yeah. This is third gear. That's second gear. And that was something that like I'd never seen anyone do before, but I just came up with it. I was like, visualization mm. will help this a bit of muscle memory before I even get in the car. And, you know, all I had to tell me was how to start it. Cause that was yeah. the only thing that I'd forgotten <laughs> that I'd never actually done. It That's before. actually very eighties. So. The way you like you, because a lot of drivers don't do that. They just hop on mm. a sim and go, do you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. you had to technically three days out from the, from the race. Yeah. Memorize it, travel all the way to China yeah, and then go there on the flight yeah. and then wing it. Yeah, it was pretty epic. With, a, with that Iron Man car or whatever it was. Yeah, oh, mate. <laughs> yeah, the poor Iron Man car, it actually, it suffered a fuel leak all weekend. Yeah. And, and that was my first uh, my first brush with a, a potential fuel drama, like, on me. Yeah. Um, I think it was, yeah, lap two or three of practice, and my ass started burning in the yeah. car. And I thought, man, like, the pipes must be running under here, or, like, there's something around, yeah. or the floor pan's bottoming out, because it yeah. was quite low and bumpy. And so I just thought, holy shit, the floor's getting really hot. Yeah. And as I pulled into pit lane, the airflow stopped in, in the car. Yeah. And I could smell fuel. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, fuck. that's not good. <laughs> holy shit. So when I, when I pulled up, I kind of started un undoing my belts, and I looked across, and it was like an inch of fuel. Oh, no. The whole fuel bladder had just leaked into the cockpit. Holy and because it's shit. all carbon monocoque, it's quite well sealed. And so I was just like driving around in a bath full of fuel. And so I got out. It wasn't the heat that was burning my ass. Yeah. It was the fuel because it's such high octane yeah. as well. And it was just, yeah, just like a chemical burn. Wow. And so like I'm in like the, the only bathroom that we could find in the back of the pit garage with like yeah. my my suit on and my ass in the basin <laughs> yeah. and just filling up the, the basin. Yeah, there wasn't to, any like, ice or anything. Flush, <laughs> flush it all off. Um, and so, yeah, like next session I was just in like a wet race suit. <laughs> but um, yeah, that plagued that car all weekend. So we kind of went between Iron Man and Black Panther. Yeah, so, I remember that actually. I remember yeah. hearing about that. You went between the two cars. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like they they had containers of these LMP3 cars there. Like just, it was just that's like, their matchbox cars. Yeah, they just whip one out and just you race the next oh, one. Oh man, it was it was cool to see. And we actually that weekend drove with like the Michael Jackson of Asia. Yeah. His name's Aaron Kwok. Yeah, and he's like a performer actor. All that sort of stuff. Wait, he was your teammate. He, yeah, he was there. Yeah, yeah. So he was <laughs> running so out of the cool. same garage as me and James. <laughs> and Winslow's like coaching him and giving him a bit of a hand. And yeah. I was helping one of the other blokes. And um, and he's a big superstar in China. Is superstar he? dude. Really? Yeah. Like had two bodyguards there the whole did time. Did he have girls and stuff fainting at the back yeah, of the garage on, and stuff? On like the that. days that we did the signings, they set up tables and had full grid signings. And I was like holding babies with like photos and stuff. Like no joke. Like we got some funny photos really? from that. And people wanting me to sign just like random bits. I was going to ask like, about that. Fans over in China and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't sign a baby though. No, I didn't sign no, a baby. Didn't sign no, a baby. No, no, okay. no, no, Everything else. No, no one tried to give me a baby either, which is good. <laughs> Teledaga um, Knights type yeah. of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was it was very interesting, and yeah, he was like a superstar. Had all the cheers from the grandstand and wow. all that sort of stuff. So but I you, think it tied into the whole Marvel thing to have him there. So yeah, yeah. So you were talking about Rob Wilson. What, what was your? How did that all come about for you? Um, that came through Steve Webb. Yep. Because um, Steve is a customer of Superior Automotive. Yep. And Steve's got the... Um, Dad's going to kill me for forgetting this. He's got one <laughs> of the old Can-Am sports cars yep. uh, that Superior do. It might even be the old Budweiser. Mm. Are you guys still mates with the Webb family, though? Like, 
yeah. Stephen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see Steve around the pit and yeah, yeah. that's that's all good. Um so yeah, Steve I think had sent Jono maybe yep. over to see Rob Wilson and gave Dad and Rodney Rodney Gibbs the, the contact to for me to give him a call. Mm. The year that I got that contact was twenty sixteen and that was like I could not fund myself to go over there. But in twenty nineteen when I could Mm. I took the first opportunity. Liz's family live in the in the UK. She's originally from the UK. Yeah. Do you guys go well before COVID? Did you go much over there? Yeah. So in like Liz goes every two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I the first time I had a chance to go with it was twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when we did that, I how did you two actually meet? Oh. She's actually here in the studio. You just can't yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, <laughs> put, put put that one on ice because that's another funny story. But yeah. we when we went to the UK to, to visit Liz's family, I just organised a heap of motorsport stuff around that on the weekends, yeah. and Rob was one of them. And he's such a dude. Like, <laughs> loves music as well. Plays in a band. Yeah, right. Um, I've got his CD in my in my Falcon. Yeah, um, and new Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah, was sponsored when he raced NASCAR. Yeah, he was sponsored by Aerosmith. Bullshit, really? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh, dude, that is so. And sick. And they used to come out and watch him, and they're like mates. Like we pulled in from, basically, you do a couple of laps with Rob, and then you pull up and you have a chat. Yeah. And as we pulled up one time after lunch, and he'd figured out how big Liz was into the music scene. Yeah. Who was it? He called Liz. <laughs> It was Steve, Steven Tyler. <laughs> Ring messaged him, text yeah. Steven really? Tyler. Really? Text Steven Tyler. Oh, I'm here. He, I think he even said I'm here with Liz Brown or whatever. She's in music in Bullshit, Australia. Really? And he's like, oh, Liz, here's a text from oh, so-and-so. Like, dude, I love classic rock, hey? Epic, hey? <laughs> so funny. And, like, I love the way that Rob runs his days because it's, it's kind of like you know that he's psychologically trying to figure you out. Yeah. And I think that's why the Cam Waters and the Van Gizzers and, and those guys go there because, mm. like, there's more more behind the scenes of what Rob does. And, like, he takes you to one of the two pubs that's close to Bruntingthorpe Air- mm. Airport, um, which is called the Proving Grounds. Yeah. It's, it's old and he's just old school, is he, this dude? Yeah. We were in a, we were in a manual front-wheel drive Astra on yeah. a pissing wet day. Yeah. It was, like... We went for a, a drive around the circuit with Rob, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, Liz, get get in," and she's like, "Lap sash in the back, two hundred k's, no helmets in this Astra, <laughs> and at Bruntingthorpe, it's like a storage ground for yeah. like Jaguar, Volkswagen, Audi." Yeah, and so we're thrashing past brand new, unplated Jags and Land Rovers. Yeah, with like an orange barrier between us. Yeah, and I'm like, if we aquaplane and spin now we're gonna write off like a hundred brand new cars <laughs> and he's just like hooking oh. in just like oh yep you just turn in here and liz is in the back filming going, <laughs> Holy fuck. we're gonna make it out of here <laughs> yeah so yeah it was uh it was pretty cool so we went to the gray goose and had had lunch with him and he was like asking me about like yeah. did you have any circuits in the uk i've never been to a circuit in the uk my brother lived there for two years but i never really? went to any circuits yeah. oh there you go yeah you should have man because they're all epic like old like World War Two air bases and stuff. Yeah. Um, did you go to Silverstone, or did you go to Brands Hatch? And drove like past Silverstone like <sighs> three times, but never Man. stopped in. It was did all in our travels. Um, did, did you go past any of the Formula One factories though, just to get the satisfaction? Or yes, not really? Red Bull. Yep. Uh, the day we went out to have a bit of lunch with Caitlin Wood, we went to 
Palmer Sport. Mm-hmm. On the way to Palmer Sport, we went and stopped in at Red Bull. Yeah. Did you say you saw Caitlin over there? Did yeah, you? saw Caitlin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I knew her from Newcastle mm. and obviously from Formula Ford as well. Um, yeah. Met her and her partner. Just went to a little pub. Like, I love the pubs in the UK. Oh. They're all the same but different. Feed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, they're so good. It's pretty cool. So, <laughs> yeah, she's having a great time there. I know she was on the pod. So yeah, watch yeah. the Caitlin Wood podcast. <laughs> you can find out all about Caitlin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks for plugging me on that one. That's all right. No She'll worries. appreciate it from you, though, because you've actually gone to see yeah, her at yeah. the time. No, she, yeah, she's a legend. Um, and I, I rate that she just wants to get in and drive and do a good job. And Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and she does do that. So uh, it was good to, to touch base with her while we we're there and see a friendly face. So mm. um, I think she was actually getting a bit of work at Palmer Sport at the time too. Mm. So And we're through Pete Dolman. Uh, we're sort of friends with Abby Eaton as mm. well. So Abby tried her hand in Super 2 here too. Yeah, she did. I, I don't think the opportunity really suited her that well. I think she could have done better, but... Mm. Um, but yeah, as you know, sometimes you only See, get one. I've one got crack. the frustration with the W series, right? They have it's proven with Jamie Chadwick. She's in her third year, and mm. I'm going a bit off topic here, but she's gone three years in the W series and hasn't moved on. Do you know what I mean? It kind of it kind of defeats the purpose of the W series, where they, there's heaps of talented girls out there, mm. but they just don't get the chance because it is a male dominated sport. Yeah. If you look at it at that that way, with yeah. with her, she's in the Williams Academy for Formula yeah. One and still can't break through for an F3 or an F2 drive. This you is, know what I mean? Yeah, this is kind of what I don't get about it. It was meant to, when it first came out, I remember reading the press release about W Series and David Coulthard made the comment of, this is going to help female racers get through the glass ceiling. Mm. It is the glass ceiling because mm. there's no funding beyond. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you win that and it's like, here's... Whatever money. But they don't even get sponsored in that exactly. series, though. It's yeah, ridiculous. I know. That's yeah, why Caitlin yeah. couldn't even go further. Because she like, didn't even get sponsored via, yeah. via a car. How How is it not the pathway to just put them straight out of a W Series car into an F3? Yeah. It's not that hard, by the way. Because they're no, it pretty much the same car, but exactly. different tyre. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what it should be. And I think we're all... If you've got that pathway of W Series, Jamie won it like mm. pretty convincingly, I think. And you'd like to see her in an F3. Yeah. And you'd like to see her get... You know, two solid years with like a Prema or someone, mm. and just and just see see yeah. sh- see if she can perform at the level, mm. and then if not, well, it's the next W Series winner, and then you just, yeah. I mean, it has to happen at some I, point. I think for her though, like Logan Sargent struggled too with budget, right? Yeah, he she needs what Le- Logan's had, but yeah. but the same type of value from w- Williams Racing. Absolutely, do you know what yeah. I mean? She's coming from no budget, obviously as well, but she needs yeah. that. Same progression and same tutoring to get yeah. her through to F2. Do you know what I mean? Well, Otherwise, she's just going to be stuck there. And she probably will just end up racing Le Mans or whatever. Yeah, do you know exactly. What I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think it's on the onus to back to the FIA mm. um, to to kind of implement something where teams, teams must run a W Series driver. Yep. Or kind a car. of, kind of like how F two could go and F two, an F two champion should be in F one. Exactly. Know, for a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But almost the same way that the Sydney City Roosters mm. will actually help fund a W series, uh, <laughs> a W league. Oh, a W league thing. I like team. how you, I like how you relate it back. Right. To yeah, yeah. No, but seriously though, because <laughs> yeah. that's getting quite big here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And with the, with NRL, NRLW. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand where you yeah. come from there. I yeah. think with without the link to. To the end club, yeah. Uh, it like it what it, what's the, the pathway? Yeah. Um. I yeah. If you had that, and especially now with the budget cap, mm. you've got Mercedes that was spending five hundred million a year, mm. and now they're going down to one hundred and forty-five. Mm. 
that other budget, how how is that not some of that available? Ten million even available to run one of those chicks. Yeah. In a F two. Yeah. Or and an F three car. Ferrari, yeah. same thing. Like yeah. it should be mandated that like if you're running a Formula One team, you've also got to run. Uh, mm. And w the academy, to just to help maybe progress a, a girl eventually into F1, yeah. should at least pick, because there's 20 girls on the grid, right? Yeah. You should at least pick maybe one academy each should choose a girl, which Ferrari has done yeah. and Williams has done. Do you know what I mean? Then yeah, you have the exactly. rest of them choose one yeah, each yeah, yeah. and yeah. then it just helps the ladder progress yeah. quicker. I, yeah, I think it would be good to see the leadership from the FIA on that on yeah. that side of it because um, I mean, obviously like we've seen it here in Australia, girls get fast-tracked when, when they shouldn't because mm. the opportunity is there. Sponsors want to see a female racer. Mm. It's a very easy thing for commercial people mm. and some of them not very well-intentioned to, to sell. Mm. and they just take advantage of the situation and go, we've got a female racer, she does all right, mm. we can drag in a heap of sponsors, and as a manager, I'm going to make some money out of that. Yep. But then the best interest for the female athlete isn't taken care of, and they're, they're pushed into Carrera Cup too quickly, mm. or they're pushed into a supercar car too quickly. That's kind of what happened with Simona and Abby and stuff. Well, yeah, totally no, it just, they just yeah. fall over. Um, yeah. And, and it's and it, that could happen to anyone. Yeah. You know, could, yeah. could happen to any driver. Like if if I was pushed into something too quickly, mm. I'd look stupid, and yeah. then everyone would turn around and be like, "Oh, he can't, he, he can't, can't steer." Yeah. So whereas dad was dad was almost probably too conservative and made sure that I was like at a certain level before we moved on. Yeah. And so I, I can't help but have that instilled in me that yeah, you've got to be at a certain point before you can. Did move you up. read the recent um, licensing system for for supercars? Do you, yeah. Are you for or against that? Glenn messaged me this morning. Oh, Glenn I'm glad Dolman, he did because that was said, part of my content. He said stop everything and then sent <laughs> sent me the article. So yeah. um, he's on to it. Look, I yeah, I I am for it. Yeah. Um, the only thing I worry about is then it just becomes a pay to turn up system. Yeah. I think you still have to have a points system and a merit system in there. Mm. I mean, we're we're at sixteen super license points with our finish in TCR last year, yeah. so we're well over the threshold. Um, I think we had five each for the two runners-up that we had mm. in 86 and then six for the yeah. TCR last year. So, Motorsport Australia gets so much like funding and money from its members in. You'd think that they should help guys who are in the top three in the elite championships without a budget, yeah. give them a bit of a purse to help them get into the next Absolutely. That's what NASCAR has done. In yeah. Like I spoke to Tony today, yep. Tony Southwell was coming on, and he said Bob Jane used to help his drivers get on the track. There you Do you go. know what I mean? Yeah, it just yeah. needs that bit of that old-school feeling. Yeah. But it's so monetized these days, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's hard as well. Like I'm sure there is a lot of that money there, but who's mm. controlling it? And yeah, what what else is it going into? It's um, it'd be nice to see some more accountability and a bit more public yeah. knowledge on it. I'm sure it's there if you and I wanted to go and find it or inquire about it. But that's half the problem is we've got to go yeah. and work it out. We're yeah. not being told. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's not like, sent to us via email where we can just yeah. click it and go. Oh, okay, that's yeah, easy. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like I think. There's some crazy figure that motorsport in Australia is like a $200 million a year industry or something, yeah, collectively. Yeah. Rally, you know, car across, yeah. car clubs, all that sort Drifting, of stuff that's everything. not, made, yeah. like, you know, top top spec supercar. Mm. Um, it's That's a, that's a huge industry. Mm. And, and when you've got, you know, over a million members of Motorsport Australia, we're all paying memberships, which obviously go to insurance and yeah. keeping funding happening. But, yeah, I, I wonder if there could be yeah. something there. 
I don't want to say too much. (laughs) It's all right. Well, I've got another subject for you. Yeah. You've had a fair few mentors over your career. It Mm. sounds like this is your life actually now by the the time we get to the end of the podcast. Um, Yeah. Sounds like it is. Sounds sounds like Channel 9. Yeah, yeah. So who's the mentors in your career? More than 60 minutes, though. Um, you've had you've had a lot of mentors in your career. Obviously, your dad you you touched on Mark Larkham. Yep. Mark Larkham for me goes through Bart. He he raced with Bart's dad. There you go. Yeah. So Mark yep. Larkham, how how did how did that the whole mentor thing with that come about was oh. with Peter Dorm before Peter Dorman. Like, yeah. Those it was two. it was kind of uh, dad told me when I was a little kid that he'd done a little bit of work for Larko. Mm. He'd also done a bit of work for Glenn Seaton, mm. but for whatever reason, I've always just been an underdog supporter. And I think that Glenn was winning all the time back then. And for whatever reason, Larko's car just looked dope. It looks so good. The Mitre yeah. 10 Falcons, honestly. Like, yeah. you look at those cars and you're like, someone knew what they were doing with those liveries. And it was Larko. Yeah. You know, so I started supporting him. Uh, that's a good early motorsport memory of him barrel rolling down Phillip Island after that oh, big yeah, shunt that was huge. where he rode off that, that car. Um, yeah, that was 97, I think. And, yeah, so I just followed him him through. And, like, just being a kid at the track, you know, you want to meet the driver the same as you want to meet the NRL player. And, mm. like, you're looking up to these guys on TV. And so, like, every time I saw Larko, it was – he was just so friendly. Yeah. Really lovely to, to chat to and gave you five minutes um, mm. to the point where I used to take him, like, a lucky marble or, mm. like – he used to go to my church four, as a kid. Four leaf clover or something. Yeah, he used to, really? used to yeah, he used to come to my church as, when well, I was he, like a little kid. He used to wear the um Saint Saint Anne Saint Saint Christopher. Did he? Yeah. I, I love how Liz knows yeah, everything. Well, Just a yeah. double check. I, I've got a Saint Christopher as well. So really? I like yeah. I'm not super religious or anything, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um yeah, and that's the uh, the guardian angel of like transportation and autom- like yeah, travel right. and whatever. Does he still wear it? Do you know? Um, I don't know, but he, he definitely used to wear it. Like, cause he in one of his interviews on his pole lap at Bathurst, he's like, oh, "I've got yeah, so and so with good. me." So, uh, so yeah, and like I I would he got me into design. I'd be like designing liveries mm. for for his cars, yeah, and take it to him, yeah. And he used to do this really cool. Was this thing. back in the school, like at the back of the school book type of shit? Back Basically, in the day? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it got pretty good after a while. Like I had photocopied templates of a supercar, <laughs> yeah, and right. I was just like doing a design or the like AL Falcon color scheme. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, so um, so yeah, and Larko would not only sign it, but. And this is where I think I get some of my personality from as a driver to kind yeah. of engage with fans and stuff. Because, like, Larko would sign it with his name but then say approve for implementation whatever yeah. the following season was. And so, like, he's not going to put my design on the car, but, like, he, yeah. he's actually making something out of it instead of just being, like, Mark yeah, Larkin. Cheers, mate. Thanks yeah. for coming and just moving wow. on. Wow. So he would actually do that. Yeah, That's yeah. so good. Yeah, so like I've got liveries that are approved for implementation for Larkin Motorsport. Who were you starstruck then by? Mark Larkin would have been one. Who were you starstruck yeah, as a kid by? Larko. Because um, he did Wayne Gardner. Yeah, Wayne Gardner. Colin Bond was another yeah, one. Yeah, Bondi. Um, like Gary Wilmington was still racing back yeah. then as a privateer. Um, yeah, all of those guys. Will Power I met. Um, yeah. He was driving for Larco at the time. Mm. We were on in the holiday. Holden's? 
no, no, in um in supercars. Oh, in supercars. So oh, okay, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh three enduros. Yeah, before right. he went to Indy. Yeah. Um, and he was actually vomiting in the toilet of a sim rig place up at um up <laughs> at, in Queensland. No one will know this. So this is sick. I know it's a good one. <laughs> so I, I was like Jim and Dad on this like holiday. I yeah. like looked it up. Yeah. There was a sim place there, and I was like, I want to go and drive a supercar sim. And I was probably thirteen or yeah. something. And yeah, it would have been so. Went into the toilet. Someone's vomiting in the yeah. in the bathroom. <laughs> walks out, and it was the motion base yeah. that, that Will like couldn't. Yeah. He just didn't didn't like it. I don't think. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> so yeah, that Will Power was there, and then like obviously we f- we followed Will because of the Larco connection and because yeah. we'd seen him at the sim place, and then he's gone on to win Indian. Yeah, win it's Indy amazing Car. that he lives over there and he's just full adapted to that life. Epic, eh? Yeah, I've seen his brother Damien in, oh, in he, live stand-up. Really? And, and he's that a bit funny on fucker. Will's classic, eh? <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I, I can't remember the exact bit about the Ferrari in the car park, but, like, it's a good one. If anyone's out there, you should watch Damien Powell's Oh, Damien Powell, he's so... We've got to talk a bit about Scott McLaughlin, though. Scott McLaughlin, yep. supercars, IndyCar, like, yeah. we'll just go bit here he's yeah dominating indycar off the bat yeah in his second year he's yeah. just a natural driver yeah it's pretty mega to see him win was saint pete was the yeah, first saint round pete and then texas yeah it's mm. for him to be leading that texas oval race on the final lap like mega yeah amazing um yeah just can't believe that he was so dominant here mm. goes and applies it to that but i mean like roger penske doesn't just uproot you mm. because he thinks he might be okay like he obviously saw something in scott and you know, yeah, apparently it reminds him of Rick that. Mears. Really? Yeah, that's what he said. He goes, I'm going to hire you because you remind me of Rick Mears. Wow, there you go. Yeah, there we go. That's my first Google that's fact That's pretty interesting. Nice one, man. <laughs> did you get my comment about Greg Biffle the other day? I did. How the Biff got picked up by um, oh. Roush? Oh, I remember vaguely seeing yeah. it. Yeah, that's, that's, good. A, lot that's of interviews a good pod lately. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a Michael Waltrip pod. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Greg Biffle though, he was a legend. What a unit. <laughs> I, I loved the Biff. He yeah. was he was cool. Like when I'd be watching. We should hang out more, and we can't because we we're in Bris- you're yeah, in Brisbane. Yeah. But yeah, well, when you fly out though, we'll watch some NASCAR races or something. Yeah, Greg but Biffle, man, he was yeah. mega. He was people reckon like he's like a nobody, but dude, he oh, hopped into the the such truck. Such a driver. I know he hopped into the truck with Kyle Busch and won and hadn't raced for like two years. Yeah, I know. Yeah, epic. Yeah, oh, yeah, so cool. Yeah. He, the, the number sixteen, what was it? The National Guard car. Yes, yeah, yeah. looked epic. Used Always to race on the NASCAR game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he had 3M as a sponsor for a time there yeah, too. Yeah, he did, and did some sick burnouts at Bristol when he won Bristol. Yeah. I remember watching that back in the day. Yeah. That was a bit of glory era for for NASCAR. I reckon like mm. the back end of the the Taurus and yeah. then coming into the Ford Fusion. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a good era. Two thousand when Ambrose was there to when he left, I think was the prime. That was prime era. that was mega. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was pretty cool when Marcus went there. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, Brighty as well. Yeah, Brighty yeah. in Indy. He ran IndyCar and he's. Didn't you tested his TCR car, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Or was that it? Did you race it or just test it? Just test that winter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, Brighty over the last few years has become like a really big mentor for mm. us and his partner Ebbs as well. Yeah, just great people. Um, and that's you know we, I think we've been lucky over the years to just be surrounded by the good people club in motorsport. Yeah, because it can be hard to find those people. Um, you know, Brighty's helping us out and has helped us out with plenty of opportunities and like has given me commercial advice with how to do deals with sponsors because mm. he's he's been big on that over his years of bringing partners to to the table 
Um, he told me a story. He had to almost raise close to like a million bucks to try and get that IndyCar gig to, to happen. To, to, to happen, yeah, right. Um, he did US. Did he do at USF two thousand like the, the lower ranks? Uh, he, he did Indy Lights. Okay, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I don't want to tell Bridie's stories for no, him. You can tell a bit of it, it but <laughs> unless you can hook me up with him, and then I can get him on. Yeah, he'd love <laughs> he'd love to do a pod if he's up here in Sydney. He's running yeah. a pretty successful business at the moment. Is he? Um, yeah, Task Force. It's, yeah. it's oh, going that's really his business. Well. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought that was just a sponsor of his car at the time no 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 he bought that back in 2014 and kind of um changed the background of the business and developed some software and mm. he's a he's a smart guy he always was on the data side with supercars and stuff as well mm. he'll laugh when he when he sees this because he's yeah. like he's yeah <laughs> just takes the piss but um he uh yeah pretty clever dude in mm. business um in like the data side of things and whatever so he's he's doing really well did he help you at all with your latest tcr gig at all or not really did yeah he did yeah um he was at phillip island with us helping us to make a decision to buy new wets or go on old wets and yeah. I, I call him all the time and and we'll talk to him about different situations and stuff so yeah. i would love would have loved to have him as a driver coach and a data engineer last year mm. Because uh, he has done that for some Super 3 and some Super 2 guys. I think he even helped Kostecki out a few years back. Yep. Brody. Yeah, Brody. Brody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When so Brody was running. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he helped Brody out. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, I'd love to have that, but he's just been so busy that he hasn't been able to. So I try and just get bits of time off yeah. him when, when I can and... Yeah. And utilize that as much as possible. So and yeah. Peter Dorman helped you obviously looked up to him as a as a youngster. Yeah. He um had the Gatorade car. Yeah. Is that what adapt, is that what sucked you into like supporting him and stuff? Mate. And that whole career with him sponsoring you? Pete Pete had, had us sold as kids because when you can walk up to a racing driver and they're gonna give you free stuff that like you'd usually yeah. have to beg your parents for. Yeah. He'd be like, Go and choose whatever colour Gatorade you want because they always <laughs> had a big Gatorade fridge out yeah. the back. And how sick did that old oh, um what was that, it? It was a VX at that yeah. stage, probably when I was going. But um but yeah, that looked awesome. They did car. every drop drop he would have told you this, every droplet was single. Yeah. Like singly stuck on. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, oh, eh? Yeah. Nowadays you just print that on a wrap and yeah. you wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah. But um but yeah, he was always really good. Like Grant, my other brother, used to be a bit more boisterous and would like play up when we were at the track and stuff. And I remember Pete threatening that he was gonna like rip his undies off and hang him up on the flagpole <laughs> or whatever and like threatened him to like behave or whatever yeah i don't know why that stuck in my head but yeah pete was good um yeah i always used to get the purple gatorade i don't know why they ever yeah got rid of that flavor but yeah we'll, we'll go back to what you put on ice your girlfriend so how did you, we'll wrap up the podcast with this how did you actually meet liz yeah uh so me this live in person she's right here yeah no lizzie <laughs> lizzie and i met through one of our sponsors jsd designs yeah um so i met um joel spencer on a track day uh on a vw corporate day yeah and he just offered to to sponsor me doing design work and developing website and brand mm. and all that sort of stuff so um, he helped a lot over the years that we were partnered together and um, and was a really good influence on me for trying to be more professional. Yeah. And um, probably, oh, it was 2016, 17, he'd brought this marketing person into mm. his team that he'd told me about who was going to do some posting for me and mm. potentially some filming and video and that sort of thing. Yep. And um, that ended up being Liz. So yeah. You didn't think much of her back then, did, though, did you? Well, I hadn't met her at that point. Yeah. Her, her <laughs> Instagram handle was Liz 
Arrow Agency because yeah. Liz's business is called Arrow Agency yeah. where they manage their music and stuff, their artists. And so there's a, there's a suburb on the coast called Lizaro. Yeah. And when I saw Lizaro Agency, yeah. I was like, what the hell? Who's got an agency in Lizaro? I was like, it just <laughs> like didn't even sit, sit with me. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until like I um, negotiated a flexi work program with Origin for 2017 so I could heart do two days a week at Origin mm. and the rest of the week I'd work on sponsorships and racing stuff. Mm. So I used Joel's office in the city close, mm. close to here as like my go-to for just doing work and feeling like I was going somewhere to do work and be professional. Yeah. And Liz was in the office. So, yeah, yeah that was where Was we, she single at the time met. or did she have a boyfriend? Yep, she was single oh, at the time. <laughs> yep. Um, I, yeah, we were Good both timing. roaming around doing our thing. <laughs> and I, she loves to tell the story. She reckons – and I, I wasn't that great on socials, but I kind of knew what I was doing. But I definitely made sure I asked for her advice on the social media. Yeah. And I Playing was like cool. – yeah, kind of yeah. just like <laughs> trying to have a, a bit more of a chat. Yeah. Well, not at that point. I definitely yeah. wasn't shy at that point. <laughs> um, and I, um, there was a good photo that Toyota Australia had taken of me at Homebush with my like my race suit off. Yeah, because it was that <laughs> hot at Homebush, and it actually. Are you it, saying you were hot or that it was hot that day? It was, it was sweaty. I okay. was, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a hot day. This is the prime like to yeah. the photo type of thing. And so I was like. <laughs> Like that, and <laughs> I kind of had like a few veins popping out of my neck, and yeah. like I looked all right. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, <laughs> and so I said to Liz, "This is my best performing post because yeah. it, Toyota Australia posted it as well." Yeah, yeah. Te so technically, it was. Yeah. So that was my best asset so, on socials yeah. at that point. Toyota's your wingman. Yeah. They are, yeah, yeah. So I had to show Liz that, and yeah. then like I could see her sweating on the other side of the table. And I was like, <laughs> Bang! We're on here. <laughs> No, she wasn't really. She's uh, like, what content. a wanker. <laughs> um, but no, and then, uh, yeah, we just hit it off and, yeah. like, shit, I found out about her music career and we had so much in common with the struggles and Do you remember your first date, though, through. where you went? Yeah, it's uh, we're actually going there tonight, funny Ooh. enough, five, five years later. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's on Erskine Street. It's called Poppy's Bar. Yep. And it's like an old school little, um, I don't know, bar. Like, it's just, like, all... Different yeah, bits like, of wood like and nostalgic. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it yeah. actually reminds me a bit of an English pub. So yeah, we sank a, a lot of young Henrys that mm. night. Oh, I love young um, Henrys. That's my favourite beer. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. A eh? yeah, Liz introduced me to, to young Henrys. <laughs> it's so, so good. That was uh, that was good. She was pretty like we were both pretty spent by that point, and I had to get a, a mm. train home all the way to the coast that night. So yeah. wait, she was living in. She, was she living in Sydney? Was yeah, she? Liz was in Sydney. Yeah, at that right stage. at the time, yeah, and she's time. moved. Then she moved up the coast when you two. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A few years later. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, how long? When, when was it like official? Official? Oh, that's like when you moved in together, one. or was uh, it like? No, nah, it was more actually towards um, Bathurst that year. Yeah. So. Oh, so um, was it within the year that you decided to just? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we met in March, and then by October, it was like. Mm. I, I didn't want to get tied down too much at that point, and mm. neither did Liz. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> uh, I think we were both cautious about getting into, like, a too much of a serious relationship because I was so focused on racing. Race. Yeah. I told a previous girlfriend that racing was my priority 
one. And yeah, I did that mistake. Yeah, that, 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 that didn't that work didn't out. Work. So, no, <laughs> it doesn't yeah, never yeah, works yeah, out. Never works out very well. <laughs> but uh, Lizzie's definitely level on priority yeah. one. <laughs> she she nudges over the line sometimes. Yeah, she yeah, out-qualifies yeah. racing. So, um, did you, have you learned a lot about music and radio and stuff like that? Like yeah, with her? Yeah, hundred percent. Like Liz uh, has been such a good influence on me. Um, from like how I go about business to like communicating with people and all that sort of stuff. And we just like teamwork mm. everything. And that's the best thing is like you just get to spend every day with the, your partner and what, yeah. like if you love someone, what more would you want to yeah. be doing with your life? <laughs> you just want to hang out with them all day. And that's what, that's what we get to do. So it's cool. Before we go, how did you, how did you guys handle lockdown? Cause I saw a few like social posts from Liz's end and your yeah. end. Like how did that Staying indoors, you were eager as a beaver. You did the TCR yeah. online yeah. series thing that Bart hated, and I did too. Yeah, but it yeah. was that was frustrating. Timmy yeah. Brook was extremely frustrated too. We were both <laughs> venting to each other, going, "Oh, racing's fucked. <laughs> um, this isn't real." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you hit a car and you go straight through it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or you, like you break at like the fifty meter board, and there's someone breaking at like the twenty, and you're like, "Can't do that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was interesting, but it was hard for both of us because obviously being events industry focused, mm. I'd gone out of full-time work in a very safe industry mm. to being pretty volatile with motorsport, like normally. Mm. And then when you throw COVID into that mix, it mm. just wipes it off the face of the earth. So like revenue from events was gone and sponsorship you know, having a name on a car, doing mm. ride days, doing, you know, like public speaking for the sponsors at events and all that mm. sort of stuff was gone. Like Liz couldn't book tours. Um, the music, just, the music industry though is still struggling. It is, like it's, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's the one that's the most furthest behind at it, everything at the moment. Yeah, that was that became pretty apparent when you could see like the NRL and stuff being yeah. able to just go and do whatever the... F Whatever they yeah, wanted. Yeah, with their cardboard cutout fans. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then the music industry had nothing. Couldn't do a gig, couldn't couldn't do anything. And they, all very creative people who were mm. involved in that industry, trying to find workarounds and do virtual events, like, you know, virtual Instagram live mm. concerts and stuff like that, and still got no funding from the government, which, yeah, yeah is a bit of a joke, considering that it's such a big industry. Yeah. And then you've got ScoMo playing the ukulele on yeah. 60 Minutes, and you're like, how much do you really like music? And then him kind of getting blinded by a welder. Yeah. <laughs> to top it off. Mate, <laughs> let's, let's not go down the politics route. <laughs> <We're not. laughs> definitely not. This isn't a politics yeah. podcast. It's uh, definitely not a politics yeah. podcast. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's been good, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been, been really good. It's been good catching up. I yeah. definitely want you guys to have a fantastic um, date night out tonight. Thank you very much. I'm planning that with Brooke, hopefully yep. tonight, if she's good keen. Stuff. It's going to nice. be late. I've got to have to hopefully get to the Northern Beaches for her. And Northern yeah, Beaches, so, Yeah, that's where she Ooh. lives. So I'm going to have to scoot across that way where you Fire guys go on your date. Look out. Yeah, but dude, it's been awesome having you on. <laughs> and maybe in another episode we'll get you on and we can have some more banter or yeah, something like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. No worries. Yeah. Hopefully we can go to a doggies game or something. Sounds awesome. Yeah, let's do that. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully they're up for that. Episode. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Yeah. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, man. See you guys. Thanks for listening to On The Couch With Hooli. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to leave us a rating on Apple or Spotify.